Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. With Steve and Johnny on the night shift. I think that means we're on the radio? I guess so. Memorial Day weekend? I'm happy to be here. I feel safe up here on the 18th floor. And I'm tickled that the memo came out. Because we're here tonight, there are going to be fireworks at 10 o'clock tonight. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Show number 20. It's amazing the power that we have. Show number 20 in 2.0, Life After Dark 2.0. Which reminds me, we had a, uh, was it on Facebook? Yes, Judy B. Who posted that our longtime listeners. Right. And the, the show was not called Life After Dark. That was like a promotional tagline. But she said that the uh, our regular listeners should now be called lifers. <laughs> it sounds a little. Yeah, I'm not sure. If, is know. that a good thing? Yeah, I'm like, not. Uh... You're in prison for life. Yeah. <laughs> but is, uh... thank you, Judy B. She always says the sweetest things to say. We'll do our our round robin shout out in just a moment. But we've got people here in the studio tonight. We got people who just wanted to come in off the street. Like Margaret Larson is here. <laughs> Margaret is in the newsroom now. Yes. Margaret. Last time we saw you was in the studio on a New Year's Eve. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was like uh, maybe five years ago. It was before the pandemic. It's yes. been a while. Yes. And you joined us on our very last show over at the Tribune Tower. Oh, yes. Yes. We all cried. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Margaret Larkin was uh, the, uh, significantly responsible for an award that we got. Yes. A news Back award. one night. Remember when uh, you were walking home? Yes. And that horrible fire broke out or, and yes. somebody... Jumped from the window. window and, and, yeah. I, I lived around there. I remember, yeah, I was calling in um, all night because I could see it from my building. Yeah. And yeah, I still have that audio. It's on my website, actually. Yeah, but it was award-winning. It was a it was a group of us. I think it was several people involved. Yeah, yeah. And Margaret also does a really neat thing where she interviews people who are in this business. Right. You, you, give yourself a plug. Yeah, your, your website yes. is... Okay, well, it's Radio Girl. My website is margaretlarkin.com, but my podcast I started years ago when we were all here, it's called Radio Girl, and I also do monthly interviews with journalists for the Illinois News Broadcasters Association. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I have something coming up this month, but, you know, I, I still have to have you guys on. I know. Okay. <laughs> Let's do that. You had us booked, and then we lost our job. (laughs) Maybe that's not a good time to be talking to us after 27 (laughs) years, you know. (laughs) We'll do it. Well, absolutely. But it's nice to see you here tonight. Yeah, great to see you. I'm really happy to see you. Thank you. So so now that you're here tonight, that means we need to pretend like we know what we're doing? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I know you're new at this game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Also, on her left is Bob Fukuda. Bob will be the keeper of the big plug until 4 o'clock in the morning, right? Right, Bob? You betcha. <laughs> he had to blow the dust off of it earlier tonight. Actually, it, he can stay because he has my respect. He got the little coffee machine to work for me and got me my eight ounces of black coffee. 
Because I, I was back there pushing buttons, and I came in, and I said, there should be a law against a coffee machine not working in a radio station. And he says, what? It doesn't work. Now, Bob doesn't drink coffee, right? Nope. But he went back there, and he made it work for me. But see, Bob knows that in, in the engineer's handbook, <laughs> yes. I, I, I believe it's page 16, subparagraph 2, it says, when it doesn't work, Hit kick it. it. Yes. So. You use the uh, the butt of your hand, right? The palm. Yeah. It just a little wrap to the side, get it to wake up. And <laughs> I do that to Steve, and it does not work. He just keeps sleeping. <laughs> also, on the other side of the glass, we have Re- with replacing us. Julian, who was with us for two weeks and needed a vacation. <laughs> He's in we co- wore the boy out. He's in Costa Rica for two weeks with his family. Which he's very excited about because yeah. he's a great photographer. So they actually asked him to come along to take family photos. Yeah. <laughs> he said, so I'm getting to go for half price because I'm doing their photographs. But playing the part of Julian tonight is... Yes, Jeff Carlin. Good evening. Hello, hello. This is George's grandson, right? <laughs> no, I think he and my father might be related somewhere down the line. Seriously? He tells a story that are like seventh cousins or something because there are only so many Carlins that came over. Uh, from Ireland back in the day. So he oh. said somewhere down the road, he surely is. But Well, you'll have to forgive me. When we first heard that you were working with us, I said, isn't he a comedian? <laughs> and then I realized that's Jeff Garland. Yes, yes. <laughs> you I, get that too, don't you? All the time. <laughs> and for long-time lifers, uh, the last time uh, we saw Jeff, we were all talking about this tonight, it was when we were filling in for Ro Khan yes. back in the Tribune. T- so that was, what, back in the 1800s? <laughs> Something like that, yes. The last decade it was, for sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but it's an honor to be here with you, both of you. It's so hey, fun. Now You need to raise your standards, you Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> After we take a break, we have to come back because, it, you know... Well, we can't take a break without saying boo to Ron, so Ron, boo. Boo, boo boo back to you. (laughs) Hey, I'm really looking forward to tonight's show and Corky Siegel. That is just amazing. great. I'm glad you're here for that, too, because he's going to be in studio, and he's just such a a funny, sweet guy. Corky's a longtime friend. Uh, In fact, uh, Ron, do you know the backstory? I don't think so, no. Okay, uh, long story short. Uh, I first met Corky years ago, back in my... Decades. Literally decades ago. Back in the days of my rock and roll youth, I had a band, needed a sax player, and uh, we're playing some gigs out in the Fox Valley, as a matter of fact. And uh, that's when I first met Corky. Uh, He... uh, uh, played some terrific sax and harmonica and everything else. And And you were just teenagers. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. And then years later, at uh, WIND, interviewing Corky, and somehow in the conversation, he said, you know, your name is the same as a guy that I used to work with. And I said, Corky, that was me. <laughs> yes. So. Incredible. Right. We're going to take a break and come back because Jeff can join the show anytime because Jeff came bearing gifts tonight. Oh, yes. In and fact, we, we want to talk about we that. We do. So we'll take a break and come right back here on WGN. and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Okay, that was Jeff's first dealer's choice pick. And, That's a good uh, one. Th- I'll give him an A for that. Barracuda? Yeah. Yes? Right. Yes, that yes, works. yes. Okay, well, he, he has an A-plus in my book because not only did Bob get the coffee machine working for me, but Jeff walked in here carrying a box of goodness from a place in Andersonville called D. Flowered. 
tell us about it. Yes, a deflowered gluten-free bakery. Uh, yes. it's, it's a great little bakery up in Andersonville. Uh, cross streets there are like Balmoral and Clark. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a women-owned small business. And they started about eight years ago out of the kitchen. Um, it's it's an amazing story. And Johanna is the owner there. And, and her sister developed celiac or had celiac. And so she couldn't mm-hmm. do gluten anything. And she felt so terrible because they love to bake together. So she decided mm-hmm. to come up with her own recipe. And, and she developed everything in there. You, you've, I brought you guys from scratch her own balancing of different almond flowers and different yeah. alternatives. And so it's she's got this easy. proprietary. I know. It's amazing. And so what I do is I deliver for them. Uh, it's my side gig, my gig and gig, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, I deliver to all the Whole Foods stores throughout Chicagoland, a bunch of the La Colombe coffee shops, um, and, and they do everything. It's gluten. It's gluten free. So they do. They did my wedding cake uh, a couple years ago, but I brought you some lemon bars. I think there's a lemon bar in there. Lemon bar, and there's like a blueberry swirly cheesecake thing. Yeah, that's a. a that's a cheesecake brownie, a blueberry oh. raspberry cheesecake brownie, a caramel brownie too, <laughs> and then a yeah salted caramel brownie. And our signature, this uh, zucchini chocolate bundt cake. It's phenomenal. Oh, my god! It all looks so good. And, and we've had so many people have been telling us about this for such a long time. And I'll back up because for anybody who doesn't know, uh, I was diagnosed back in uh, 2001 mm-hmm. with uh, celiac sprue. And with me, it's not just an allergy. I have an absolute intolerance to any degree of gluten. So uh, gluten-free is, is my way of life. And in Andersonville, my old neighborhood, because mm-hmm. that's on Balmoral, and I grew up in Rasher, one block away, where the church on the corner has the big Jesus Save sign that everybody thought was a bank. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All through the 60s, they said, that's the weirdest sign for a bank, Jesus Saves. And Johnny's mom used to work at the bank yes. a little bit farther south. Right. right. When it, it used was to a, be Community Bank, and then uh, now it's U.S. Bank. When it was a corner Little corner lot, yeah. yeah. But that neighborhood is fabulous. Yeah. Oh, you're lucky you live there. Too. Oh, very much blessed. Very blessed. Yeah. Well, well, thank them, thank them, thank them. Uh, we're going to stop in sometime yeah. and, uh, and check them out in person. Yeah. Come on out, Deflowered Bakery. It's uh, I, I wear their shirts, the t-shirts with the name <laughs> on it. I get some weird looks on occasion. I, I will <laughs> say okay. when they read the name, but well. hey, and and people should know too. The shirts are also gluten free. <laughs> yes. And let me just tell you, if you're like a 17-year-old girl, that's probably not a good T-shirt to wear. <laughs> but for a, a strapping young man, go ahead. Wear it with pride. Or if you're a strapping young man, not the T-shirt to wear on your first date that's when true. the girl's father is greeting you at the door. <laughs> oh, well, I would like to greet, as we do every week, yep. the people who are tuned in, because God bless them. They are tuned in from everywhere. Let me start from the top. Brian always chimes in first because he says, I'm listening from Chicago, and Chicago needs to be Mm -hmm. represented. So, Brian Lefevre, thank you. Uh, Linda's in Plano, and Ron is a regular. He's in Sycamore. And our buddy Bobby, Bobby Damo, Bobby's in Sandwich. Mm -hmm. Uh, Judy B., we mentioned her earlier. Uh, She and Carrie uh, Johnson are top fans. Christine is in Moline. Dave is in Waldorf, Maryland. And David, another Where David. Where is Waldorf, Maryland? I don't know, but I keep thinking of the salad. It's in Maryland, don't you? <laughs> the Waldorf salad. Yes. Uh, David is in Linton, Indiana. Carrie's in Palm Coast, Florida. Uh, Michigan and Indiana are well represented tonight. Sandy's in Michigan City. And uh, Helen is in Kenosha. 
As I said, Michigan is well represented. We've got New Buffalo, Michigan, and Stevensville, Michigan tuned in. Greendale, Wisconsin. Turpin, Oklahoma tuned in tonight. Uh, thank you very much, Linda Moeller, for tuning in. Dyer, Indiana also tuned in. You guys can get to us throughout the night at 312-981-7200. It's computer night tonight, so later on this evening, Patrick Crispin will join us to answer your uh, computer questions and get us up to date on tech news. A little later tonight, we're going to check in with Dane Neal. He is down at the Indy 500. And this radio station is carrying the Indy 500 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be more excited. Uh, and it's one of those things. Some people can't tolerate any form of race on radio. Or change. Yeah. Sometimes it's as simple as that. It's change. So I did a blog with a few thoughts. <laughs> you did. Yep. And if you want to read it, you can go to uh, stevenjohnny.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. Steve and Johnny, spell Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E, dot wordpress.com. And uh, the first blog post, along with a picture of us when we were test driving the 1998 Chevy Corvette Pace Car. Mm-hmm. The purple with yellow stripes yep. and yellow leather interior. You will see that. And when you go to our blog, if you would, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe to our blog. It doesn't cost a thing, and we don't spam you. The only thing you get is occasionally when we do a new blog post, you get an email saying mm-hmm. the dummies did a new blog post. Because everybody's not on Facebook. So yeah. we found over the years that it's great for us to take whatever we do on Facebook, take it over to the blog, and vice versa. So those of you on Facebook, you know what we're talking about. And a lot of you responded very positively to the race being carried on the radio and i loved your last paragraph where you pointed out the very first radio broadcast the the very first major radio broadcast of the indianapolis 500 was on this radio station Mm -hmm. back when it was wdap back in uh, 1924 and the very next year we became WGN. Actually, it was only uh, a few weeks after, after that, that, literally. That it became wow. Because I guess prior to that, it was more like a ham radio guy's. No, there's still a lot of hams here, so I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a different story. But that's some great history if you think about what they were doing. And it was theater of the mind, and they didn't have yeah. you know, television to go to, but it became a tradition. And so many people said, yeah, I'm going to be in the car tomorrow. And yeah. I used to listen with my dad. We used to make a, a, a point of being out, you know, you take your radio on the picnic. People talk about the, um, the tradition of going to a baseball game. Mm-hmm. The Indy 500 has that kind of tradition uh, attached to it. Uh, there is uh, there are so many memories. One of my favorite memories is, and I can pretty much date it. I think it was 1953 because my dad had a 1953 uh, Buick Century, and this was back in the Stone Age when Memorial Day and the Indianapolis 500 race actually <coughs> occurred on Memorial Day, regardless of what day of the week it yes. was. My dad worked at Southwark Steel Mill on the South Side. He got a day off in the middle of the week because it was Memorial Day, had this new car, were out in the alley, bucket of uh, soap, washing the car, and listening to the Indy 500 on this radio station. It's just, it, it's one of those warm, fuzzy memories. Yeah. I'm going to have to look up, do either of you know when we moved Memorial Day to the Monday closest to the real Memorial Day? I want to say no. that was in the 70s? 70s, I think. It probably was. Margaret, there's your assignment. Because at some point we decided that we, we are just 
so non-productive when there's a holiday in the middle of the week, yeah. right? When when Christmas falls on a Tuesday, everybody moans about, well, you're good for nothing on Wednesday through Friday. <laughs> and Bob, you, you, you disagreed with that, I believe, because you said you could be non-productive any day of the week? I am pretty much non-productive any day of the week. <laughs> okay. So, He's mastered right. it. Yeah. <laughs> when you're good, you're good. But um, the Memorial Day holiday was, as some people have pointed out, they said, you know, we still will go to the cemeteries on mm-hmm. the actual Memorial Day. But yeah. there were uh, there was a big parade in Chicago today, yeah. and um, there's going to be even more parades. All right, Margaret, looked it up for us. Okay, well, um, there's an act of Congress, and it was changed in 1971 to the last ha! Monday in May. Uh, well, you said sometime in the 70s. Well... Okay. That was 1971. Last time I checked was sometime in the 70s. Come here. <laughs> Do not treat me like I'm a coffee machine. <laughs> We have so many things to do tonight and so much ground to cover. And we should mention that uh, along with, we're going to talk to Dane, uh, who's at the Indy 500. Uh, We talked um, a little bit about AM radio in cars. That is still an interesting uh, story that keeps developing. And we're going to talk with Bill Murdoch. He is WGN Radio's chief engineer about AM radio and cars. There have been one significant step, but there's still a lot more that needs to be done to tell the the dummy car manufacturers who are saying, ah, you don't need AM radio and cars. Yeah, you do. But we'll talk more about that a little later. Then Corky Siegel and Ernie Watts are going to be in the studio with us. They were going to solve some computer problems with Patrick Crispin. Mm-hmm. And I've just been reminded that we also used to call it Decoration Day. That's true. In fact, the end of the night tonight, when you go to our Facebook page, you will see how we've decorated our year-round tree Mm -hmm. for Memorial Day. And uh, before we take a break, I'd like to give a shout-out to South Dakota that tuned in just now. So thank you, South Dakota, the 605 area code. Cool. So a lot more coming up. Stay with us at WGN. I thought you would like that. (laughs) Steve King and Johnny Putman of WGN Radio. And that just seemed like it was the appropriate song. Uh, Dane Neal is down in Indianapolis, and uh, he's nice enough to stay up late because he's going to be back on the radio in uh, less than 12 hours. Dane, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And also, too, is it's even later. So I'll add even, well, it's not any guilt. It's absolutely fine. But, you know, I'm in the Eastern time zone right now. Yes. It's actually even later. But you know what? We have to get you on the radio every now and then to say you have our respect. Because if it comes to food or drink or travel or all kinds of fun things like racing, we call on Dane Neal. Do you love your life, Dane? I, you know what? I, I don't know. That's a weird question because, of course, you know, you can't say no. You know, we've got a great family and kids and, and yeah. pets who are probably thinking, what about me? You know, so, yeah, for sure. We get to do a lot of really cool stuff. And but I but I don't you know, along with the listeners. No, this is a lot of work. It's gru- oh, gosh, you know, yes. it's very big there. So it's a lot of walking. It's grueling. Yes. And, you know, hanging out with Mario and Dreddy, who can be, you know, <laughs> Taxing at Persnickety. times, you know. Yep. Yeah. No, no, he's super. He's super nice, you know. But uh, not, AJ Foy can be a handful sometimes, you know. 
I think I, uh, we may have told you off the air. We were so pumped, not just because we work for this radio station, but we were pumped because we found out this radio station was going to be carrying the Indy 500. And uh, for, for our listeners who don't know, uh, one of the best times in my broadcast career was the late 60s, the early 70s. I spent several years down in Indianapolis working for Fairbanks Broadcasting. This was the company that owned WIBC, which is basically the WGN of Indianapolis, and at that time was the flagship station for the Indianapolis 500. And I got to work with the the legendary Sid Collins, who was the voice of the Indianapolis 500, and Lou Palmer, who was the voice of Victory Lane. But I never really understood it until I went to my first Indy 500 and Dane, I'm sure you can uh, can jump in on this and, and say if you feel that I'm right or wrong or what. The first time I went to the race, they come by and they're doing the pace lap. And it's, oh, that's cool. Look at all the cool cars. And then the flag goes down and they're coming by full tilt. And literally the hairs on my arm stood up. It is such an exciting experience to be there at the Indy 500. And uh, it's so I envy you, my friend. Well, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, obviously have have a similar, you know, experience too, as will, you know, the pushing almost 400,350 or so that will be on site tomorrow is the first time that I saw it. I think everybody probably has a story, right? Because you have sort of perceptions of of what it is that you're going to experience. Just magnitude is, is a word that comes to mind because it is so big. It is so massive. You know, it, it's the it's the largest one day sporting event in the world, and then and you're right. You know, television has gotten a lot better over the years, but uh, there is just is no substitute for seeing racing in person. And when it comes to the Indianapolis 500, with all of that pageantry and everything, there really is. I mean, it, it sounds cliche to say it. There's just nothing like it. Where will you be for the race, Dane? So I will be in the media center doing the pre-race broadcast, and that's mm-hmm. when a lot of the cool stuff is happening, you know, where they'll have, you know, there's the marching bands. There's so much that goes on before the race. Yeah. It's been going on all week, and, and if you lived in, in Indianapolis, you guys know, you know, once the calendar flips to May, right, <laughs> they're starting yep. to celebrate, and there's tons of things happening. So I'll be in, in there probably you know, maybe 6 a.m., Mm-hmm. Getting some things set, and it's not necessarily that you know Bob Ferguson and I haven't prepped everything, and we're not ready to go. But the the roads will be packed by like oh, six yeah. six thirty. They'll start to shut down the streets, so it isn't like a Bears game where you know if it's a noon game and you get there at ten, you feel like you're doing pretty good. You might not make it in, you know, if you if you don't plan ahead. So so that'll be before the race, during the race. You know, I don't know. I'm going to get down there. I'll see our good friend Jim Cornelison, who does. Back home again in Indiana, the iconic mm-hmm. song that just like lights the whole place on fire before they start the engines. He does an amazing job. He'll of course join us uh, tomorrow as well. And then, that, so I'll watch that outside and you know see some jets. The Thunderbirds aren't going to be here this year, but they've got some F-16s that are going to be doing something really cool. I'm told. And then I'm going to try to you know sneak into one of the pagodas or whatever. I'll, I'll try to. I think I'm going to stop up to where Mario's folks are and maybe some other you know friends and team members and try to get around and see it maybe some from a few different vantage points. Mm-hmm. I want to amend one thing you said. You said that uh, starting at about 6.30 in the morning that uh, the traffic gets heavy. Back when I was down there, one of the shifts I did, I was a music director for the radio station. 
that I was at, which was uh, WIBC's FM, WNAP. And I was on the air from 10 at night till 2 in the morning. After I got off at 2 in the morning, I had a couple things I had to do. I went up driving home roughly about 3.30 in the morning. At that point, I was living at a place at 38th and Emerson. I got to 38th Street. It was jammed leading all the way into Speedway, Indiana at 3.30 in the morning. I mean, it, it, it is just – imagine the Dan Ryan – and rush hour. Jammed, and, yeah. and that's what it was yeah. like. Yeah. It's crazy. If you, if you didn't live it and you couldn't share that with the listeners, they wouldn't believe it because it just sounds like, well, geez, how could that happen? How could it be <laughs> so far-fetched? I've had times where I've come in um, just during race day and gotten credentials, and I've had to, like, it's maybe 6.30 in the morning, and it's all jammed, having to just stop the car, give someone, like, 20 bucks to watch the car, <laughs> and then walk to the credential place because the car... You know, you, they just weren't moving, so it's um, it's it's crazy. It's a lot of people. You want to get here early, and there's a there's a ton going on. You know, you've got the uh, with the snake pit and all that kind of stuff. And so when you guys were here, this and I, I you know hear all these stories from all sorts of people that you know the snake pit was some sort of it was pretty nefarious, right? Yep. Like, like biker gangs and naked people and <laughs> debauchery and all. Right? Yep. I mean, I, yep. we laughed, but that's yep. wow. That, that, that was a safe place to go or to bring your kids. Or <laughs> right. Oh, you would not want to take your kids to the snake pit. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. There's kids there. I was there yesterday for a Brian Adams concert. And I got to tell you, for those people that remember Brian Adams from the 80s, he's killing it. He's just absolutely awesome. It was a great show. Sometimes, you know, you see those. And you guys are music guys too. You see those bands that, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, as but over time, you know the songs. You know, you couldn't necessarily just list them off. But as they play them, you're like, oh yeah, wow, yeah. this is yeah. great. Yeah, and there was just so he was great, and it was. Now there were some kids there, and but there was also plenty of just you know drunk people. So <laughs> so whatever you're going for, that's the technical term, drunk people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, aren't there some real strict limitations on what you can bring into Speedway? No. And that's another thing that's well, so it's such a contrast to what we, you know, we're now if you go to the United Center, you you can't even bring you know, for my wife, or so you can't even bring a purse, or you have to bring a little clear bag or something mm-hmm. in order to head into the place. You certainly can't bring any of your own food and drink. So here at the at the Indianapolis 500, you're allowed to bring a wagon in or a cart, <laughs> even, and you can bring all the like cocktails, mixers, beer, anything you want. You just have to stay away from from glass. They don't want glass for that, but you can bring all that stuff in, all your own food. And make just sit there. I've been I've been in the the bleachers before and had in the stands have people mixing cocktails, shaking martinis, like right in front of. So you can bring all that stuff. Wow. Now they've they made it a little bit different. That if you bring a wagon in, it can only be like wagon size. It can't be you know like really big, and it has to be collapsible. <laughs> so there's that because I remember back in the '90s, like the first time that I had ever been there. And I was shocked because you grew up with all the restrictions. There was a guy pull up the stands, right in the grandstands, start-finish line, pulling a keg, a full half barrel, <laughs> up on a dolly, like up there, like, 
as he was going up. I mean, if he would have lost it, it would have just been tumbling down. He's way 100 pounds. Yep. So, oh, the beer would be so foamy then. Yeah, right. It's a permissive and festive environment. Oh, my gosh. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Daniel talking about the mood, the, 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 the setting of the Indy 500, which, of course, is tomorrow. And Dane has a special at 9 o'clock in the morning, live from Indy. And we'll be right back here on WGN. <laughs> WGN Radio, and that song is as much a part of the Indianapolis 500 as any other tradition you can think of. And like Jim Neighbors, of course, he yeah. became part of indie tradition because he oh, yeah. was tapped to do the song, and he did for many, many years. And and even the the, the people who aren't drunk weep when that song starts, yeah. right, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> I got a little cheery when I started here, and and that's a cool version. I like that version. Yeah, that's straight no chaser. Yeah, very nice. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was so Jim Cornelison, who is the voice, and of course, of the home of the Blackhawks. He is the voice of the national anthem for the Blackhawks, and it's, mm-hmm. it, it creates you know a unique environment when he does that for the Blackhawks. It's like no other stadium or, or start to any kind of hockey game, and it's it's really impactful and amazing. And, and so he is he has Indiana roots. He he went to IU. Uh, his kids are from he, you know he, so he is connected to to Indiana as well. And when he had the opportunity. To do that, he was he was you know thoughtful about all that stuff. Replacing you know legendary Jim Neighbors, right? A lot of respect for him and what he did and what he meant. Like you said, Johnny, you know it's just you become a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's so many traditions. It's tough to step into those shoes, but he's done he's done a great job. He's put his own spin on it, but kept it very traditional. And I just tell you, it is. You talked about you know the hair standing up. I mean, the place is just electric. Yeah, when he does it, and so he's he's super excited, obviously, to be to be a big part of that. Sure, that tradition. Sure, and, you know, and he'll he'll be in full effect tomorrow. Well, speaking of Indiana natives, the person who will be the honorary starter is also an Indiana native, and I did not know that actor Adam Driver is from Indiana. He's a fabulous well, I mean, actor. It's a, it's a state, you know, there's people from there, you know, and then they go off and come <laughs> back. <laughs> well, no, it's a state of, with people? I'm, wow. I okay. kind of, yeah, you, you Dang. Know, become, hey. like, insurance salesmen and stock Stop it. or radio hosts. Stop but, it. No, but I think that that is a testament to just the range of people. So, yes, yes it is a car race. It is a, But you'll have, you know, Hollywood superstar. You'll have Adam Driver. You have Jules singing the National Anthem. Shaq, you know, Shaquille O'Neal will be doing... A DJ set. I have been here over the years and run into the Backstreet Boys, Lady mm. Gaga, the President oh, yeah. of the United States. Mm-hmm. I mean, it pulls in people from every walk because even this is one of those very kind of unique and rare events that even if you're not a car racing fan, it's a bucket list type event and people will be here. And, and really, I, I was talking earlier about uh, some of the memories of 
uh, of listening to the Indy 500 on the radio, it is one of the best radio broadcasts. And I'm not saying that just because it's on this radio station this year. The people who do the Indianapolis 500 radio broadcast uh, are, are professionals. They're as good as it gets. They're, they're as good as, for example, if one of your favorites is Pat Hughes with the Cubs, okay, the Indy 500 broadcasters are Pat Hughes for the Indy they're 500. That caliber. They, they give yeah. you the backstories, the the drama, and some people say, "Oh, it's just cars going around." There is so much drama to. Who's doing what? What tweaks are they making? How long did the pit stop take? How quick did they get out there? And I will never forget one of the hair standing up moments. Driver coming in to the pit because he lost a wheel. He brings his car into the pit on three wheels and does it successfully. Hmm. I mean, you see some, yeah, some people talk about the crashes and, and all that stuff you see some incredible drivers who are the best in the world. Who are you going to be looking for tomorrow? Who should we, what names come to mind uh, when it comes to the the guys that are out there in front, Dane? And girls, so we've got a few storylines, but I I did want to echo what you said. And I I saw the article that you guys put out, and I, I couldn't agree more. And for those people that may kind of look past it and say, okay, well, obviously you'd want to watch it on TV and the visuals, I mean, it's such a, it's a big and bold and vibrant thing, but the but the radio broadcast for racing and specifically the Indy Five Hundred, it's like a ballet. It is like it's amazing the way, like you said, they weave in the action, weave in some of the the color, the stories, the backstories, all while it's happening at two hundred and thirty miles an hour, mm-hmm. and they're handing it off to the next guy because it's not all in front of you. It's not a boxing match. This thing is going around two and a half miles, and so they have people stationed here that they hand off the coverage too and they all i mean it's pretty cool i mean as a radio person it's it's really really cool and it's a great way to experience the race on radio i mean i get it tv but radio is pretty cool and so <laughs> to get to the uh the storylines so you have elio castroneves is going for number five is going for his yes. the fifth mm-hmm. and no one's ever done anything like that he'll be on the pre-race show with us as well <gasps> you've got alex alex palau is going to join us and he's the pole sitter a young guy, just a super cool. He's a former Indy Series champ. He's only in his like third year. He finished second to Elio when he won the fourth. He broke the record, has the fastest time, and he's the pole sitter, so he'll be on with us. We're going to check in with Catherine Legg. She is the female uh, driver this year. She's raced it maybe, I think, twice, maybe about 10 years ago, but she's in there. And anything can happen. You know, mm-hmm. there's Tony Kanan, if you're familiar for those people, longtime yeah. mm-hmm. favorite. Uh, this is his last, so a little bittersweet. Yeah. It'd be nice for him to get something going out. But there's there's a great story. You know, I think just watching it, it isn't like let's say a Bears game and the Bears lose and so everyone feels bad. There's a lot of really fun ways to be excited about whatever happens. Well, Ilio's my man. He is absolutely hands down the guy that I watch out for because the very first time he won, we were watching and I was so impressed. And I remember actually posting on Facebook that we should make our kids watch Ilio's uh, his behavior when he won. He was so gracious and just so um, smart. Yeah. It was just well, he well, he won he, me. He, he, He's just a great. He's a great ambassador. For I was talking yes. with Doug Bowles over over the year, like when even before he won it, and um, but was going for 
number four, because he's just such a great ambassador for the sport. He's just so, mm-hmm. you know, cheerful and passionate yes. and uplifting and accommodating. You know, he just brings people, he's like a magnet to it. And obviously he's, you know, super talented. He's a, he's a superstar. So, yeah. so yeah, he's, he's a favorite for sure. But as you're listening to the race, pay attention when Tony Kanan is introduced. You will hear the crowd roar like crazy. He is such a fan favorite, and as you said, this is his last race. This is a, a really emotional, uh, significant race for him and for the fans. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, but they've had a lot of years with him, you know. And I, But I, I talked to him not too long ago. We had him on, and, uh, you know, and it's, you know, if you think Cher had a lot of farewell <laughs> You know, concert tour. <laughs> so you never know. He, I think he did throw out a you never say never, so yeah. you never know. All right, before we wrap up here, your show's 9 o'clock Chicago time. It will be yep. earlier for you. Um, you are going to be talking with people who are actually going to be in cars driving at 230 miles an hour, right? Yeah, so the people, we're going to have a, like a bunch of different people checking in a little bit. We are going to have... So we'll have Alex Palau, Elio Cash-Nevis, Will Power, Graham Rahal joins. That's another great storyline. He was out of the race. He was in the race. Mm-hmm. And, of course, and Mario Andretti is going to join us as well. Oh, so, great. You know, it's only an hour, so we jammed in. We could have had, typically we would do, you know, a couple, three. Yeah. But we tried to pick and choose, and, uh, and so that's our starting lineup. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Now get some rest. And, and, and don't take our name in vain when you get back on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, guys. I appreciate we'll it. We'll be listening. Thank you, Dane. Oh, yeah, that, that's such a fun experience. Yes, it is. For more coming up, stay with us. News is next in the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. I sure do hope this is a long night. Cause I've never felt one so right Each look into your eyes and falling A little more and more Looks like we started us a fire Wrapped up in flames of desire With every touch the burning higher Two shadows dancing on the wall Nothing on but the radio Feel the music playing soft and slow You and me and the lights down low With nothing on but the radio Steve Keck and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio You and me and nothing on but the radio that's how it should be on a Saturday night. Yes, exactly. We had great fun during the news because uh, this is the first weekend that the city is doing the fireworks at Navy Pier at 10 o'clock. On Wednesday nights, it's 9 o'clock throughout summer till Labor Day. And tonight, I looked over Steve's shoulder and I was like, whoa, whoa. oh, that's right. It's fireworks time and it's gorgeous. It's a great display. Really? And, we, and we took a couple pictures. We'll be posting them on our Facebook yeah, page in a little while. Yeah, so fun. But uh, uh, that was Gary Allen, nothing on but the red. It's been too long since we talked to Gary. Yeah. We've got to get him on. Yeah. But we wanted to to focus on the radio. Uh, and specifically, we've been talking for for quite some time about the the saga of AM radio in cars. 
And I should back up and say that Johnny and I belong to a group called the Midwest Automotive Media Association. We've been doing road tests of cars uh, for years. 25 years. And we have been having conversations with some of our friends who are connected with some of the automotive manufacturers. And it is so disappointing the number of manufacturers who have decided... For economic reasons, mm-hmm. that that's really what it comes down to, that uh, they don't need to have AM radio in cars. Right. I remember one time when we were at a meeting with some uh, members of General Motors. They mm-hmm. were there. And this was probably 15 years ago. And there was kind of this buzz about radios were going to be taken out of cars. And the guy said, well, you know, it's it's like 7 to $10 for it. And I'm like, really? Yeah. And I think that was just a you know a random number he chose. Yeah, I think he was just guessing. Yeah, at that point. Uh, but the fact was, it was being talked about in their boardrooms. They mm-hmm. were saying, you know, maybe this is something that we should seriously think about. And that was even before your satellite radio kind of settled in. And that's another issue when you talk about radios and the future of radio and cars. The, obviously, as we've said before, we have a horse in this race. Uh, not just because we work for uh, WGN Radio, but reality is, in an emergency, if you lose your satellite, your digital signals, you still got AM radio to give you the necessary local information that you need in an emergency. To talk more about specifically what some of the arguments are and the big news from this past week that came down from Ford, joining us right now is our chief engineer here at WGN Radio, Bill Murdoch. Bill, thank you so much for staying up with us tonight. Hey, Steve and Johnny. Always great to hang out with you. Thanks. And you, you know, I'm always more comfortable being on the other side of the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. <laughs> but this... but uh, just hanging out here in the backyard and, you know, yeah. listening to you guys, it's great. So. Well, it's such an yeah. important story. And we did have a, a, a small victory last week, right? You want to tell people what happened when Ford made a decision and it, it made the news last week? Well, they they did indeed. Uh, they decided that they're going to put uh, keep AM radios in the cars uh, for the, the 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 time going forward. As far as we know, uh, they had decided to take it out of not only the electric cars that they're producing, but also the the, the gas engine cars too. And the only vehicles they were going to keep it in were the heavy trucks. Hmm. And um, people were not happy about that at all. And especially people in the farm community, people in the rural yes. community, mm-hmm. where, you know, sometimes, you know, Internet is real spotty, and they really depend on AM radio. And, you know, same with our listeners depend on AM radio um, to be able to hear emergency information and get the news and everything. And, and I guess there's enough of a stir from their clientele. Um, and possibly, oh, I don't know, could have been Congress, too, <laughs> may have had something to do with it. Yeah. Because uh, a bill came out, um, introduced in both the House and the Senate with bipartisan support from uh, 102 uh, Congress people, you know, members of Congress, um, you know, saying that we need to keep AM radio on the dashboard as a, a public safety, you know, aspect without a doubt. And, and you know that's a big deal when you can get this Congress to come to a bipartisan agreement about <laughs> anything. <laughs> yes. And, and one of the things I love about this, too, is the bill states that 
AM radio should remain in cars free. It should not yeah. be an extra charge if you want AM exactly. radio in cars. And then, yeah, that's one of the conspiracy theories is that, you know, the whole idea was, you know, AM goes away because, you know, you know, Tesla and other manufacturers will say, oh, yeah, we interfere with the AM signals. So, you know, we can't have it in the cars. But then FM may not be too far away after that. Mm-hmm. And then they may say, you know, we're going to make this a subscription thing. Yep. And we're going to charge everybody for AM and FM. And you're going to have to use our subscription service. And they may also charge us as broadcasters to give, you know, to, to get on their platforms, to get yes. on the car place, to get on the Apple place, to get on whatever. And, um, you know, that would just be wrong, you know, because we're giving out the best you know, information we can, you know, to the most amount of people we can for free. And and Bill, and, I, I want us to, to hold on one point here. We in radio do not pay auto manufacturers in any way, shape, or form to put a radio in a car, right? Radio no, does not no. do that. But No, it's been a really good symbiotic relationship for a long time. <laughs> but as I understand it, what we see in modern cars, the entertainment suite that is available, your Apple CarPlay and your satellite radio, car manufacturers do benefit from that. They do get a cut from those services. They are being paid. They, they get paid from, like, Sirius X, uh, XM yeah. pays them, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, yeah, so they want to probably use that as the same kind of model, and, you know, that's just not going to work. So you're, you know, really, it comes down to the to the bucks. This nonsense of interference, and as an engineer, go back to that point. It's not a, a case of of interference, is it? No, I, I mean no. When I when I drive next to electric cars, that I don't hear any interference, and also a little bit of shielding goes a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> come on. <laughs> and, you know, and, maybe it's they don't like the way the antennas look. I don't know. You could put antennas in windshields. That seemed to work fine for a long time. Yeah, that's you know, true. So I don't know. You know, but um, it's an emergency thing. It's so important. You know, and 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 it is important for everybody to get behind this bill. So you know, if you get a chance, whatever state you're in, you know, talk to your congressman, talk yes. to your uh, your senator, and say, hey, you know, we really want this to happen. Every you know, opportunity it is important. Even yeah. before the act was proposed, every opportunity we had, we would say to people, you need to contact your congressperson because they are going it's going to end up on their desk eventually. And I was just so happy to see that happen and the fact that it could be bipartisan because people sat up and went, Whoa, I never really gave it much thought. We heard from so many people that have said, Well, I just always kind of took for granted that my AM radio would be in my car. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about how it comes into play when there is an emergency, because there's some darn good examples of AM coming to the rescue, literally, during some very serious situations in this country. So stay with us here on WGN.
King and Johnny Putman, WGN Radio, talking about AM radio in cars. Uh, just recently, the National Association of Broadcasters uh, launched a Depend on AM Radio campaign. And uh, th- this, along with the news that Ford is going to be keeping AM radio in its vehicles, that's good news. But there's still a long way to go before yeah. we make sure that all of the other manufacturers that have said, oh, no, we don't know about this. There's an interference. It's going to cost too much. Me, 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 me. And that's exactly how they sound, by the <laughs> way. That, that was an actuality I was playing from. The, uh, we're talking about AM radio with our chief engineer here at WGN Radio, Bill Murdoch. And... Uh, Bill, there there is so much to cover. In fact, Bill, a listener has a good question. Does radio have a lobby in Washington? And if radio doesn't have a lobby like big tech and the automakers do, why don't we? Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, good. <laughs> so That's good to a, know. You've got the National Associations of Broadcasters, and then there's uh, Broadcasters Associations for each of the states, too. Okay, so, so NAB la- launching this campaign. Uh, oh, yeah. Good. That's a good sign then. Now, some people yeah. have, have tried to draw the comparison between the United States and AM radio and what goes on in Europe and AM radio. Correct. And Europe never relied on AM radio in emergency situations the way the United States has with the EBS test and all of the other emergency things that AM radio uh, has been uh, responsible for for years. Yeah, well, remember the geography of North, you know, of the United States is a lot bigger than Europe. You mm-hmm. know, what you know, you look at the company, you know, like each individual country is a lot smaller than our country is, and to be able to cover the same amount of distance with, you know, the same amount, you know, the same amount of the the, the full country with the same amount of stations. Uh, AM makes much more sense. A lot of people don't uh, realize that, for example, Illinois is pretty much uh, the same size, if not larger, than the United Kingdom, the state of Illinois. Not, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, so for them, I mean, FM could cover their country just fine, yeah. if you think about it, depending yeah. on what country it is. So, you know, I could see that. But, um, I always, I was, yeah, and and it, it's, it's a different way of doing things, you know, I mean... They, the the U.S. federal government has spent a lot of money. FEMA has put money into the PET program to reinforce AM stations uh, across the country to keep them safe and to keep them going and to keep them on the air, even in the event of like an EMP, the electromagnetic mm-hmm. pulse, you mm-hmm. know, from a nuclear weapon. Imagine, you know, like the, the local station in chicago for the pep station is you know down the dial at 890 if you but we monitor them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we can rebroadcast them uh and we're the local primary one for chicago for the emergency alert system but imagine you know say something goes off in you know denver or something like that you know colorado would be silent you know but they could still pick up you know the stations outside of that area right Right, right. you know and that's the scenario that you know yeah you you have to plan for stuff like that unfortunately but you know that's part of what we do i like to give the example because boy it really hit home for me uh, after the um the boston marathon and the bombing that Mm -hmm. occurred remember all Mm -hmm. cell service was shut down because there was fear that a cell phone could trigger another bomb so the only way you were able to get local information in that emergency was listening to your AM, AM radio. radio. And people... Well, and, and through, 
to broadcast facilities, you know, through your TV stations yes. and your, your other your FM stations, too, because that's a, a one-to-many. You know, you're not going to fill up the system with how many listeners you have. Right. You right. know, with, with the cellular system, the wireless system, yeah, it'll fill up. You know, and if you've got a bad event or, you know, even like you get hurricanes, you get wildfires, oh. you get tornadoes, you, you, you name, you, you know, or any act of warfare or yeah. civil disobedience or something, um, the system could go down. And, you know, it's great to listen to us on the app. And, you know, GN is truly ahead of the curve when it comes to embracing new technology. You know, we're on the Internet. We're available on all of your streaming services. We're available in a lot of places. But we still, you know, have the, the AM as the bedrock, you know, the 720 mm-hmm. kilohertz, um, because that'll run, you know. And it's sometimes it's different programming. You know, on the app than mm-hmm. what you'd hear over That's the years. We're not yeah. allowed yeah. to stream. You know, you're not allowed to stream Major League Baseball. You're not right. allowed to stream NFL. And then even with our college sports, we can only stream within a certain geofenced area. Mm-hmm. So if you're outside of 200, a 250 mile circle from the station, you know, you're not hearing, you know, the same stuff that you're mm-hmm. hearing over the air. A listener so, says, um, how much do you want to bet that the cellular carriers are supporting this move as well? Because low band penetrates buildings better, as we already knew as kids when we used to listen to our radio against our <laughs> parents' wishes. The signal was always there, and those are the same frequencies or low band frequencies that the cell carriers are wanting. No, nah, they wouldn't want our frequency. I mean, we're, we're, no. <laughs> I mean, you think about it, the, the, the entire AM band is one megahertz wide. Okay. And then when you go and you, you set up a Wi-Fi network, it's like, ah, should I do a 20 megahertz band uh. or 40 or should I do an 80, you know, and you know, for that's up in the five gigahertz range or, you know, the 2.4 gigahertz range. It's the, the, the most useful thing for our spectrum, you know, is you know centered at like roughly you know one megahertz and it's it's one megahertz wide um is you know long distance communication you mm-hmm. know and, and i mean you could you could modulate with the amplitude modulation am and there's also some digital modulation techniques people have used um you know so and it's very <laughs> it's really low bandwidth i mean because it's it's such a narrow i mean our stations are only 10 kilohertz apart you know, so they're pretty close. <laughs> See if my if my if my pea sized brain is going to give an analogy that that works for you. If right. you're listening to XM whatever on your car stereo, yep. If the cell tower goes out or if the satellite goes out, you lose that. You, you've yeah, you're hearing nothing. Yeah, you got nothing. Conversely, if something happens. WGN still has its own independent tower, WMAQ, well, uh, the SCORE, LS, whoever. All of these individual radio stations still have their signals independently that they're going to be sending to you and giving you emergency information. They will not be all taken out at the same time. Jeez, we hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah amen. If, if they are, yeah. oh boy, then we got a hole. Well, and, and if we are, you know, you're going to get WJR in Detroit. You're going to get WLW in Cincinnati. Yeah. You're going to get, true. you know, yeah. you get, yeah. you'll get somebody else. You that, know, because that's, that, that's really the point of this, that AM is in a, God forbid, emergency, AM signal from someplace is, is your most likely source of emergency information. 
Oh yeah, and and everything else will be off, which is the scary thing, you mm-hmm. know. And you'll get you, we get two hundred miles roughly on the ground wave, so from you know here to Indianapolis, you know mm-hmm. here out to you know, Iowa City and things like that. But then there's also the sky wave, mm-hmm. so the signal will you know hit the ionosphere and bounce back down again. And heck, I get notes from Norway and Sweden. You know, saying, hey, I listen to you guys, you know, yeah, off of our sure. antenna here. You know, they've got, you know, various radio clubs, and people will listen to the station long distance, and I'll send them a QSL card, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they can tell me about where they picked, picked us up at. At night when we're in Panama City Beach, Florida, this radio station comes in like a local. Yeah. Yep, and that's scary. <laughs> well, you know what's, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what's scary is walking through the mall, and I laugh, and a person turns around and says, Hey, are you on the radio in Chicago? And I say, yes. And they're local people, but they recognize me because they listen. I I think she said that they they are in their car in the evening and they would listen all the time. And I said, that is a little weird. (laughs) Yeah. One one tower, you know, one in ten is 38 states. Yeah. You know, crazy. Parts of Canada. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, Bill, thank you so much for staying up with us tonight. It's a pleasure. Thank you. A gorgeous night, and it's such an important topic, so I I can't promise that we won't call you again. And the bottom line is contact your local legislator and tell them you want to make sure that AM radio stays in cars. Yeah. Absolutely. And then we'll get that bill passed, and, you know, we'll make sure it stays there forever. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you much. Have bye a great one. Okay, bye-bye. That's Bill Murdoch. He is the chief engineer for WGN Radio. Uh, and oops. See, we always hit the news on time. Bill made us I late. Know. Yeah, it was all his fault. <laughs> it really was. With the local resources. Follow me into the great unknown. Where pink flamingos grow. Diet soda flows and what you take. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. I know that, but I don't know who it is. Jeff, who is that? That's the great Ben Folds. Oh, of course. And you're going to see him. Yes. I'm so excited on Tuesday with the CSO. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, I guess. I know. We're excited. I'm not familiar with that particular cut, though. I love the lyrics. He's a great songwriter yeah. and arranger. It's been too long since we had him on the show. But anytime you you have a song where flamingos grow, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's great. And diet soda is coming from the sky. And, it and works for me. Stoves are self-cleaning. <laughs> a couple of texts. And you can text us all night long at 312-981-7200. And by the way, coming up, uh, Corky Siegel. And Ernie Watts in studio with us, and it's computer night tonight, so our guru, Patrick Crispin, will be joining us. We've got a lot of ground to cover. But talking about radio in cars, mm-hmm. a texture from 516 Area Code says, if Apple Play and Wi-Fi is available in cars, then can't people in cars have access to lots of AM stations whose content stream on the Internet? Yeah, they can. But what happens when that service is gone? That's our whole point. If the if the satellite that is supplying that internet service goes down, you lose all of that. If you still have 
AM radio in your car, you still have access to your local emergency information. Right. We're, we're not saying anything against satellite and Apple and Android and whatever else you want to have. Fine. Get all that stuff. Just in addition to that, make sure you have AM radio in your car. Also, if you're in the market for a clock radio, a friend had an experience where he had to shop for a clock radio that mm-hmm. included AM radio. And I said, what? Yeah. Clock radios? And sure enough, I started looking around on Amazon, and you have to be very specific to find one that indeed includes AM and FM, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, we're going to have a, a new sponsor coming up very soon. Talk about radios. Boy, do they have radios. (laughs) Another listener from a 779 area code says, I wonder if it's political. Just think how many right-wing AM hosts there are. Well, again, it was a bipartisan move to save radio. It has nothing to do with the libs trying to get rid of right-wing radio because there's an awful lot of liberal radio, too. Although... Objectively, when you're talking political programming, there is more right-wing political programming on AM radio now than at any point, probably. But but that's not the point. That this really is beyond politics. This is for your safety in an emergency. You want to have your local AM radio station. And having said that, a lot of radio broadcasters have shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. By selling out to major corporations. No how, longer being local. How, how many radio stations do you listen to where you, you drive all over the country and you hear the same syndicated program in whatever county you happen to be in rather than a local broadcast? I remember the fun that we used to have driving to Florida. Oh, yeah. And we would be driving through Kentucky and Tennessee and then into Alabama and spinning the dial and picking up these crazy great local stations. They might be reading uh, the the funeral report. I'll never forget the the one radio station. I wish I could remember. In Alabama? In Alabama, yes. we had just crossed the uh, the Florida Alabama border. Yes, and this was a weekend, a Saturday or a Sunday, and it was this great old local rockabilly show. And they were playing Dusties that no oh, one played. It was so good. I mean, we slowed down because we didn't want to lose that signal. Well, and I think it was only about a five hundred watt station. Because uh, no we, more now, when you're yeah. traveling through, if you get a radio station, it might be the same thing that you got in the state behind you because yeah. it's a syndicated program. That was so fun. And you're right, shot ourselves in the foot by giving up the local stations. And for people in this business, if you wanted to be in this business, that's where you used to go and cut your teeth. Yep, you would work at those small stations you don't have those available to you now i started at wjob in hammond johnny started at uh wmro and waur in aurora yeah and great uh, training grounds fortunately uh thank you jim didlow 
WJOB is still alive and yes. well and uh, streaming and doing everything that they possibly can to serve their local community and doing it really well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't even. Let's see. AUR and uh, MRO don't even exist anymore. No. Sadly, because we were seriously when I was there, Dean Richards was there, Charlie Meyerson was there. Uh, we had a great, great staff. Um, we carried mutual broadcasting overnight with Larry King, mm-hmm. but for about 20 hours of the day, we were live and local, and we considered ourselves the WGN of the Fox Valley. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to go to Chicago for anything because we had everything right there in our community. I will never forget when I was working. Hello? Oops, wait a minute. Oh, you just unplugged yourself? Yeah, I think that's my headphones. There we go. Okay. Uh, when I was working uh, in Hammond, I will never forget, there were people that I ran into that never came to Chicago. Oh, it was a big deal in Aurora. We were not supposed to talk about things yeah. on the radio that happened in Chicago. Yeah. Because we didn't need to go to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, I live in Chicago, and I'm driving out here, and I kind of do things there on the weekend, and I'm doing a talk show. And they go, well, really, you don't want to make a big deal about it because it's going to upset people because <laughs> you're a big fish in a small pond. You know, I, Okay, you're right. And then I moved out there, and I got it. In fact, Jim in Aurora is listening tonight, and he says, the first thing I do in a new car or a rental car is I set the radio AM stations. And every car that we road test for the past 25 years, the very first thing Steve does is he sets the radio stations yeah. because invariably it comes to us from another journalist and they've never even touched the radio. Yeah. And so you said, well, I'll just set it so they know where mm-hmm. to go the next person that gets the car to road test. So the, the bottom line is, as we've said umpteen times, yeah, we have a horse in this race, but it's a good horse and it's important for you in, God forbid, an emergency that takes out the other forms of broadcast availability, you want to have AM radio available in your cars. And, and just AM radio in general. What was uh, the story you were going to tell last week, and we didn't uh, have time to get around to it, about um, Donna, who is one of Johnny's dearest girlfriends right. out in California. She lives in Santa Rosa, California, where the wildfires were all around her. And she did not get out. She stayed in her home so that she could water her house morning, noon, and night. And all around her, she could see smoke and flames and people were coming to her house to stay. It's a sanctuary of sorts. And internet was gone. No internet, no television. She went out to the garage and she scratched around and she found her radio that still had a Cubs sticker on it. Mm-hmm. That's the radio she listened to the Cubs games as she was growing up. And she would take that radio with her everywhere. I used to tease her about it. And she turned it on and she got KGO out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then she felt like she was connected to the outside world. And she said, we were just... We were terrified. We did not know what was happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And KGO, of course, was covering the fires um, 24-7. And uh, they – she said it was so important to us to have batteries because we didn't want to run Mm -hmm. low because we had a connection to the outside world. You just made me think of something that – well, I don't want to give it away, but it ties in with the sponsor that Johnny was talking about that we're going to tell you about in a couple weeks. 
It's oh, you're a such very, a tease. Well, yeah, because this is one of those sponsors that we really, really, really believe in, and we can't wait to tell you about some of the things that they're doing. Yes, so. that's true. But yeah, I'm teasing. Okay. <laughs> you are. Well, I'm, I'm not teasing. I'm teasing about the... You're okay. a tease. Come on. I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> uh, more coming up at WGN. Oops. A frozen computer. Okay. Jeff's computer is for See? Mm-hmm. See what happens with mm-hmm. the digital... Wa- it, but he still would have an AM radio that he could go to and, and listen to our show, even if, if his computer wouldn't let him hear that. Um, speaking of uh, computers, when we talk with Patrick tonight, if you've ever been tempted to do any shopping with the T-Mu, T-Mu, T-E-M-U site, we're going to talk about that. And uh, this is one of the many things we'll talk about, but specifically how you should not be putting that app on your telephone. Do not do it. If you're listening to me right now and you, you, you're you intrigued by the fabulous deals that they mm-hmm. offer, direct from China, we'll talk more about how it works and why you should not have their app on your phone. But that will be coming up later. And so, we'll also tell you about an experience we had last night uh, trying to use a video to help us oh. figure out how to – well, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that yeah. later. Yes. Uh, listener says, I bought a white small Panasonic, Panasonic clock radio AM and FM about 50 years ago. The clock doesn't work, but the AM works really good. Yeah. Even today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening to you right now on my old Panasonic, probably a tube radio, right? It could be. Yeah. Yeah. And the heck with the clock. Who needs that? I'm wearing a Fitbit, and I'm freaking out over my Fitbit because it's losing time. And it makes me wonder if, if maybe is, I didn't Is have... that a battery that you need to... No, I've never changed a battery in this. Well, how do you charge it? Me. It's charging off of me. <laughs> it's my energy. Oh. I've never done anything to it. I just put it on, and I've never questioned And I got this for a Christmas present for John... How many years ago? 2018. I put it on, you got it in 17, but I, I was scared. It took scared. you a year to get around to it. <laughs> I was scared to wear it until fall of 18. and But I, that was one of those presents I was so glad I got you because, oh boy, have you used oh this. Oh my gosh, yes. In fact, today I have walked 9,413 steps. But if it's losing if time. If lose, it could be losing it, steps. I bet, I bet you. It's probably 20,000. I walk so many steps that I'm frying the darn thing. It's smoking. It can't keep up with me. <laughs> Unless it's it's because you were moonwalking, and when you go backwards, no, it's no, erasing no. steps and erasing time. And I came to work tonight to rest because I've been gardening, some serious gardening. And I moaned this afternoon when I came in. I said, oh, I don't know if I can make it. Took a hot shower, had a piece of toast. We came into work, and I said, oh, this is great. I can sit for five hours. Yeah. This is excellent. You think we're kidding, but there are many, many times when we come to do this show to relax. Behind a hot microphone. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, 312-981-7200 is our number. Thank you for your text all night tonight. We're getting them from all around the country, people listening to us the old-fashioned way and calling us as well. And Ryan is on the line, and I believe Ryan is in Elburn. Is that right, Ryan? That's correct. Yeah. We have texted a few times, but uh, we talked once, right? We did talk once. Yes, and that's when you told us that your sister is a television producer in our part of Florida, in Panama City, Florida, right? 
Correct, at WMBB. Right. Yes. She works with our friend uh, Amy Hoyt and yeah. uh, some of the other news people down there. And we had, while we were in Panama City Beach, we kept trying to connect with your sister. And honestly, we were having some, and still are having some construction done at our little yellow house. It tied us up a lot, and your your sister and, and us, and we just couldn't connect. Now, if we wanted to have coffee at 3 o'clock in the morning when she yeah. started oh, her that day, that, that worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got some crazy hours. But, she does. Uh, I have some good news. What? She's moving to KTNV in Las Vegas <gasps> in uh, June. Oh, that's so cool, because when we were, uh, the last communication we had with her, she was uh, going out for an interview. Yes. And uh, she said that uh, her friends at WMBB were very supportive, because WMBB is, how do I explain it? It, It's like we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, about smaller radio stations. It's a small market. Mm -hmm. A lot of people start their careers there. And they are very supportive if you get a chance to uh, advance. They want it it to happen for you. They want to see you do good. Well, you have an excuse to go to Vegas now, right? Exactly. (laughs) So her boss was very gracious. Uh, He he was describing the station as, uh, you know, just getting some training wheels and Mm -hmm. moving herself up. So she's going to be in a top 40 station now, which is very exciting. Oh, that's great. Well, I hope she'll still take our phone calls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Annie, thank you for being in touch with us. I'm Quite seriously, she said, well, I start my day at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I went, oh, boy, do I remember that. And it's so tough to have a life with, like that. Will her hours be different? Will she get more reasonable hours? Well, I'm hoping that she's going to be uh, more of a 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. I think the shift she's going to take is going to be more of a, a daytime routine so Good. that should help yeah. but uh, they said that the only downfall might be uh working on the weekends a little bit mm-hmm. so well, that's cool. I, and Vegas is a good market. Um, Roger Babish, who did news here for so yep. long, he 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 loved working news when he was in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and and that was before Vegas is the Vegas it is today. So yeah. yeah. Well, again, Ryan, it's a pleasure talking to you, and I will drop Annie a note and congratulate her on this big move. And I know um, she was very well respected at the at the television station. She really was. Yeah. Very. Well, well. I thank you for and. Uh, when I take Route 66 out to Vegas, I'll have to go through my dial and uh, find some nice stations down there. Well, you could probably pick us up a pretty pretty good distance all the yeah, way out to Vegas. Can. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Have a good weekend too. I have brain fade, hmm. which happens to me frequently. I'm trying to think. We're, we're talking about Panama City Beach mm-hmm. being a, a starter market. Who is? The newscaster. He started. Shepard Smith. Shepard Smith. Yes. Yes. He started. He there. started in Panama City Beach, and obviously went mm. on to Fox, and now he's on what I CNBC, I think it is. Because he was the biggest thing for a while. Yeah. 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 Shepard Smith. But that's just an example sure. of of the kind of talent that gets a chance to kind of get their feet wet. Mm-hmm in broadcasting and then goes on to other things yeah uh listener jeff did you say you went you you did not go to columbia college or you did go to columbia college because i'm a columbia college graduate and sadly 
um, there's no longer a radio class offered there. Yeah, I was a radio grad there, yep. Yeah, isn't that D- Didn't nuts? that happen within the last five years? They stopped? I think the last year. Uh, I'm not sure about the complete removal. I know they combined everything down into like a streamlined broadcast communications yeah. degree. And so they they eliminated a lot of the hands-on radio stuff. I mean, the sta- station, radio station WCRX is still up and running, but right. a lot of the real nitty-gritty stuff has is, is kind of been uh, drawn back. Curtis, uh, who... Coke? Yeah, who was doing uh, Lisa's show in the afternoon. He was a graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Andrew, our former producer, Andrew Harris, was a graduate. And they were in the last class classes that were radio classes. Didn't uh, For years, didn't Terry Hemmert still... Uh, oh, she was a teacher there. Mm-hmm. Teach over there? So yeah. was Bob Surratt. He was yeah. my instructor. I remember one year, uh, back when I was working at the, the Once Big 89, uh, Terry had me go over and, and ah. speak to their class. Yes. And I was impressed with uh, oh, it was, with her class. Oh, it was amazing. Well, it did good by you, Oh, right? yeah. The great yeah. Bert Burdine. He was one of my yes. uh, favorites over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And um, Al Parker. Oh. Yeah. He was a legend. It remains a legend in my world. And uh, Bob Surratt tells some great stories because Bob says he is where he is today because of Al Parker, mm-hmm. just as I am. Well, <sighs> now I'm really depressed. <laughs> we got so much to do tonight, so stay with us here. News coming up from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. That is uh, Corky Siegel. He's going to be joining us in just a couple minutes, along with Ernie Watts. As a matter of fact, uh, Jeff just ran down to guide Ernie and Corky into the station because they were stuck in some of the holiday traffic that everybody's going to be dealing with. Uh, If you're going to be on the road this weekend, you are uh, one of 37 million people. Mm -hmm. 37 million people on the road. Numbers are up substantially. We're kind of getting back to the 2019 pre-pandemic numbers. And I know as we came in tonight, oh, you could tell it was a holiday. Of course, the weather was in our favor. And, uh, you know, it's uh, in our world. This is the beginning of summer. This weekend is. It was interesting the amount of trucks that we saw on the road tonight. And, And I mean, like. Uh, like local trucks a lot of them were landscaping trucks and i think part of that was because people were having their lawns taken care of uh, they won't they won't be doing their thing on monday yeah so they got monday off so they're going to work late today and that's what i thought was interesting we were seeing them at seven eight o'clock or probably wrapping up their day because they were doing their monday gig on saturday night Mm -hmm. and yeah wherever you go this weekend you're going to encounter traffic until tuesday sometime on tuesday and 
having done traffic for many years, for seven years here at WGN Radio, that week between Memorial Day and the following weekend, that first weekend of June, can be l- very light in traffic because a lot of people take this as a whole, you know, the whole first start of summer vacation. And school's still in session. Yeah. Um, colleges are probably out. Uh, some schools are going to be wrapping up in the next week or so. We had an interesting experience when we pulled into the garage this morning, uh, this, after, yeah, this that, evening, rather. That was str- The garage pull- door opened. And we, there is this ramp that we have to drive up, and the, and the garage door is about to come down on top of the car because I can't really move as far in as I would normally move because there is a large, large Range Rover parked crossways crossways in front of me and the guy in it had obviously come from some event or going to because he had a tuxedo on and his his date was outside of the vehicle so, so if you can imagine there is an inbound ramp and an outbound ramp he is parked horizontally across both ramps trying to blocking our entrance and trying to turn to kind of I, I don't know how he did what he, he was did. trying to do a three-point turn which we don't get taught anymore how to do a three-point turn well, not only that but i can't figure out how yeah. he did i think what he pulled he in did. and realized she was at the wrong place because she in her evening gown was out lifting the signage the big metal signage that tells you which uh, lane to go in she's hauling it around in this gorgeous evening gown and he's hanging out the window looking at us like please please give me me a second to get out of yeah. here but we didn't want the door to come down on us yeah. and then we get into the elevator and oh, we encounter I felt so bad for this guy this young man is at oh. the machine where you have to pay if you haven't prepaid for mm-hmm. your parking in this garage and the figure 75 dollars popped up on the screen and i couldn't resist i said how long have you been here and he said well i haven't been here that long but i lost my ticket and that's what it $75. And he pulled out his credit card and he uh. shoved it in the machine. And then he got on the elevator with us and he was going to his floor where his car was. And we I'm thought, thinking, well, that takes $75 out of your weekend fund. He had already paid for parking. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. But, but he, he lost his... And he was just wearing a, a shirt and a pair of pants. I'm like, did you check every pocket? Come on, $75. And by the way, shall we share a little little tip? Yeah. About yes, down, yes, downtown yes, yes. Chicago parking? Just don't come to our garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from this one. Stay, stay away from us. Okay. There, there is a new service it's new to me and thanks to ron brown for telling me about this service because i was using uh spot hero very which is fine very popular very very reliable we've never had a bad experience with it but um ron says have you tried park chirp like a bird chirp Mm c-h-i-r-p And now what I do on Saturdays is I go to Spot Hero and then I go to Park Chirp and invariably Park See who Chirp, has the best price. Yeah, Park Chirp comes out cheaper, like $12 versus $24. It's a big difference. But I'm thinking about this kid. I said, did you use something like Spot Hero? And he goes, no, my friends tell me about it all the time. And I'm thinking he's probably out well over 100 bucks. Yeah. And he didn't even have a date with him. It was just him. <laughs> I felt so sorry for him. <laughs> okay, we're, we're going to stop talking because I see that uh, Corky and Ernie 
yeah. and, and their entourage have arrived on the other side of the glass. Uh, they have escaped the uh, slings and arrows of outrageous traffic in downtown Chicago on a Memorial Day weekend. So we'll take a break, and then we're going to uh, talk with them and yeah. hear some music and have some fun. So stick around, or you'll lose. Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. <sighs> They've arrived. We got them out of makeup. Noses are powdered. Hair is tousled stylishly. That would be Corky with his stylishly tousled hair. <laughs> with us in studio, the legend that is Corky Siegel, our buddy. We were just reminiscing off the air the last time we had Corky uh, on the show with us. It was uh, we were doing a, a daytime show, and it didn't feel right because we're used to talking to you in the middle of the night, right, Corky? Uh, we come in in our pajamas, of course. You did. You did a couple mm-hmm. times. You came in in your pajamas. <laughs> yes. Um, also with us in the studio again, a great memory. The very first time we ever met Ernie Watts was on a Memorial Day weekend. Amazing. When you guys were touring together. and um, This gosh, is back over at the Tribune Tower. At the Tribune oh, Tower right. on the main floor. Mm-hmm. With a, we were like in a fishbowl where everybody could see us in there. Remember that? I remember. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, you, and we still have the pictures, Ernie. <laughs> we have the pictures, yes. <laughs> you guys, congratulations. You are coming off of just a wonderful run of shows Sold out last night, right in Crystal Lake. Yeah, yeah. That oh, was a, no. Last night was uh, Studio Five. Stu- Studio Five right. in Evanston. Yes, yeah. a right. nice little place. We have yeah. not been up there, but you also had a, a fabulous show in Crystal Lake yeah. at the Rouse Center, and then in Madison. And in Madison. And we should mention for our listeners, we've been talking about long distance radio. You're headed to Troy, Ohio. Yeah, just for a show next uh, Thursday night, right? Boy, I don't know. Yeah, it's Thursday night. June 1st. June 1st, yeah, yeah. Well, I said uh, the the legend that is uh, our buddy Corky Siegel, but also with us another legend, Ernie Watts. Ernie, thank you for joining us tonight. It's a great, great pleasure to be here. It is so so nice to see you. Um, We should explain for anybody who doesn't know, uh, among the uh, accolades, Ernie is a two-time Grammy winner. Uh, yes. He spent many, many years uh, with Tonight Show. Was it like 20 years, Ernie? 20 years. 20 years yeah. with Tonight Show. Uh, you were also with Buddy Rich? I was with Buddy Rich when I was ki- a kid. A yeah, kid, out yeah. Out of school. 
And, um, well, we, we talk about uh, working with The Tonight Show, but you have been on literally thousands of recordings, not hundreds. We're talking thousands, right, Ernie? <laughs> right. They tell me 1,500. 1,500. Wow. Over 1,500. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. The Stones, uh, right. I, I, probably anybody we could name, right? You probably... Pretty much. But you, tour, you actually toured with the Stones. Yeah, the tattoo you... St- you tour in 1981. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Let, let me go back to The Tonight Show for a second. How many band leaders in the 20 years you were there, how many band leaders did you go through? Doc Severinsen. Oh, it was strictly Doc? Doc Severinsen and Doc Severinsen. Wow. Okay. And, uh, and then Tommy Newsom, who was the uh, lead alto saxophone right. player and the and the. Uh, the arranger for the band. Mm-hmm. He was the substitute band leader right. for Doc. Right. But Doc was there most of the time. And, and I wasn't it just within the past year that Doc uh, said he was really retiring and played his last performance? Well, he was supposed to have given his farewell performance, but I know Doc, so I think that that's his first farewell performance. <laughs> the, at the Tattoo You Tour... For the Rolling Stones in 1981, that was their last concert. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know how that went. Yeah. Hey, I have to ask you, when you were with Doc Severinsen, were you also with his recording band? I was with all of it. Okay. Yeah. Did you play on a session? Because when I started in radio uh, back in 1966, there mm-hmm. was a Doc Severinsen song that I used as a theme. It was right. called Mothers and Daughters. Uh-huh. Did you play on that? You know, I'm not sure because they were in New York first before they moved right. to L.A. They moved to L.A. in 1972. Okay. I was with them from 1972 to 1992. So it might have been the band in New York. Okay. So when you were in L.A., you also got involved in doing soundtracks. Right. Uh, I think you were in The Color Purple. Yeah, The Color Purple and Grease? Fabulous Baker Boys. Oh, oh I love Grease. that. And uh, 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 Elizabeth Taylor movie, uh, the, the Only Game in Town. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Minnie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's a great little piece of, we're obviously being in radio, we're big WKRP uh, fans and, mm-hmm. and lovers of, there's a great piece of trivia where a song that you recorded actually has a very special moment in an episode of WKRP, as mm-hmm. I recall. I don't remember that. Because <laughs> there's so though. many things that you've done, how <laughs> well, could I you? Did the, you know, for TV shows, I did uh, the uh Night Court. Oh, yeah. I did uh, Sanford and Son. I did uh, Cagney and Lacey uh, and a, a bunch of other TV shows with title themes. So I'm the saxophone player on all those title wow. themes. Wow, wow. You know, and then, and then uh, Arthur, you know, I recorded that. Uh, Dudley Moore. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots of things with Dave Grusin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Are, are are you writing your book now? And uh, all your spare time is. <laughs> <laughs> Patricia's thinking about your wife, it. Patricia. Because you guys yeah. have, do you still have your record label that yes, you started we do. together? Yeah, we still have Flying Dolphin. 
So flying dolphin is being resuscitated now nice. after the after the COVID. The COVID mm-hmm. sort sort of shut everything yeah. down for yeah. like two and a half years. Did you not work during that period of time? Pretty much not. I did some uh, I I did some uh, things, some lessons, mm-hmm. you know, from home. But uh, most of it was there was no traveling. There were no concerts. Right. Sure. So I got a chance to uh, rest. Yeah, I got a chance to get some rest. I'm terrible with jet lag, oh. and what and what we would do is go to Europe, and then by the time I got over the jet lag in Europe, we were back in the states, and then I got the jet lag in the states, <laughs> and then we were there, and then we went to uh, then we went to Japan, and I got that jet lag. Yeah. So I went for about two years, just jet lag, jet lag. <laughs> Yeah, fish sleeping yeah. like four hours at a time, you know. Yeah. So the COVID came, and I got a chance to get some sleep. <laughs> and, of course, during COVID, if you couldn't wear a mask and play a saxophone, so no. that would be a little difficult. Right. <laughs> so and even if was, they wanted you. Yeah, and there were just no, uh, and no, there were just no, no concerts, no yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that you two are performing together. Uh Ernie Watts and Corky Siegel in the studio with us. And, and for our longtime listeners, they know that uh, Corky and I have a longtime association. What, back in the 60s, I believe, yeah, is when so we like first started hanging out together? 63 or something. You were wow. just kids. Yeah. Literally just kids, right? We were kids. <laughs> I, I know were you, we, wait, were you playing harmonica then? No. No. You were playing saxophone. saxophone. Tenor saxophone. Oh. Yeah. Okay, and that's when you hired him as a saxophone player because yeah. your guy was not available. Mm-hmm. And then many years later, you guys found out that you both went to South Shore. And it was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> We're both from the me, South Side? <laughs> he'd interviewed me many, many times. And I didn't. we didn't know we knew each other. Yeah. Well, he, he likes <laughs> really, to tell the story. True. You literally said to him during a commercial break, it's so funny, I know a guy named Steve King. Exactly. <laughs> and Steve you, said... You, you, you said I used to work with a. I worked with a guy named Steve King, and I said, "Corky, that was me." <laughs> well, so let me ask. And I know we we probably talked about this when when we had both of you over in the Tribune Tower. But for the audience who may be new to our conversations, how did you two get together, Corky? How how did you? So believe it or not, it was in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Ernie was jet lagged. Yeah, <laughs> and he agreed. I was I, I was on the road with uh, Doctor El Subramaniam, considered the god of violin in India, and also renowned yeah. here also. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know these were like amazing musicians on stage, and I was thinking, what am I doing here? You know, and and I'm standing there, and all of a sudden during a rehearsal. Who pops up on stage but the god of saxophone the ernie watts mm-hmm. i'm thinking oh man and ernie you know i was really intimidated and ernie you know look really mean of course because he's jet lagged and he's focused and very focused on what he's doing yes you know very focused and of course he looked very serious and mean and everything and i just had to go meet him and so during the bake break there was a chai break we had little styrofoam cups of chai and i stuck out my little pinky finger and held the cup and walked over to ernie and you know how things come out of your mouth and you go where did that come from <laughs> yes mm-hmm. mr watts 
Would you like to join me for some chai? <laughs> and then I said, I don't mind if I do. <laughs> and that was bonding. And we were bonded yes. immediately. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a story. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you like that story? I love it, yes. Well, actually, while you two were doing those voices, I kept seeing this old Fleischer black and white cartoon with the <laughs> two guys, those, those one cartoon was, characters. Yeah. We are cartoons. Right. <laughs> well, we're so happy you're in the studio with us tonight, Corky Siegel and Ernie Watts. It's such a thrill for us. It's This is one of the reasons we came back to working on the radio, was so that we could visit with our friends like you guys and just say, you know what? The world needs to do a about you i know you're selling out shows but everybody needs to know you're out there and you're still working and you're still recording and it's so cool and i'm going to shut up we're going to take a break and come back and ernie's got his saxophone out and corky i think that's a harmonica right uh, I, okay. I, I, hope, I think so <laughs> okay. and, I, and i intentionally left my guitar at home tonight because i wanted the well, talent musicians you were to halfway play. here when and you went dang i forgot my guitar <laughs> and the reason we came up here is to visit with friends. Oh, thank you. Well, we'll come right back with our friends right here on WGN. Oops, we have to shut up and talk. Uh, (laughs) As if we weren't during the break (laughs) and hanging on every word. We were going to play some music and then we thought, no. Mm-mm. We're not, not going to play any music because we have two of the most talented people on the planet in the studio with us, Ernie Watts, Corky Siegel, and we're going to shut up and let you guys do whatever it is you want to do. But let me just say some breaking mm-hmm. news. Okay. So our last show, which was sold out at the Studio 5 in Evanston, mm-hmm. they streamed it that night. Oh, that's right. Of course, so all over the world. They just called, and they're going to continue the stream so people could sign up through next Friday. Nice. Cool. Very nice. So where would they go to sign up? Studio uh, 5? Where do they go? They could, yeah, go to well, Studio we'll 5. Ask, we're asking Corky's they, buddy, Holly. And it's the number 5 in their title, Studio 5. And uh, okay, so we're going to put the link up on our page because it's tickettailor.com studio five online. And whenever you look up anything that's happening at studio five, use the number five, right. don't spell it out. That's really cool. So okay, thank you we'll to, to, to them for cool. Okay, next. That was breaking news. So. Okay, good All deal. Right. Um, so we're going to shut up. What do you guys want to do? We don't know. Okay, we're good. We're just going to do it, right? Love it. Right. We know it's in the key of concert G. Which is an A for Ernie. Very good. Oh, <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh. It's so exciting to be this close to you guys performing because I can feel it inside. It's so cool. And we're in a glass studio all around us, so we're we're getting that reverberation, which is so cool, too. Oh, yeah. Wow. Next time you guys are in here, we have to do some video, too, because it's so much fun to watch yes. you guys. Yes. And just to watch you reacting to each other. The way you communicate with each other. And literally, when you're on stage, I bet you do walk out there. You don't have, like, a set list. and you. I bet a lot of it is, is impromptu, okay. right? You're, no. A lot of it is impromptu. Yeah. A lot of it is engraved in stone. <laughs> because uh, we, we found uh, two old geezers, right, Ernie? Right. Um, that spontaneity loves something to hang on to. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. the So you tell some stories, and then you just kind of... Yeah, we have a plan. Of course, I'm sure after all these years, you're feeding off your audience, too, right? Uh, no, no, we feed off of our inner, inner inspiration, mm-hmm. and the audience. Uh, that's the best we can do for the audience. Yeah. how's that? Did I hear you but say? But you know what? The audience <laughs> when they when they applaud and stand up and scream, it's like that's a good thing for us. Okay. It's a little pat on the back. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be able to play and be inspired. And burst forward with all we have and all our individuality without relying mm-hmm. on what the audience the feedback, does. Yeah. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 60 years, and still, when people applaud, mm-hmm. it's it, 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 it helps at some level. I don't know what Ernie <laughs> has to say about it. <laughs> now, Corky also plays piano when you do concerts. Well, mainly, it's, it's, most, it's a lot of piano, mm-hmm. since it's just Ernie and I, mm-hmm. which makes it really interesting for us because no drums and no drum exactly no no stinking guitar <laughs> <laughs> no bass no drums you know and it's just we're out there and we do a whole show yeah. you know for <laughs> last so night i was. almost said you have the easy gig because you're carrying your harmonica which you can put in your pocket ernie's bringing his his saxophone but of course you've got a piano to be concerned with to carry too. a grand piano around. <laughs> on, on your back right. my back exactly. yes <laughs> <laughs> wow but when, when was there or was there a moment you both appreciate each other's talent but was there a moment when you realized, you know, this is fun. There's a vibe going on here. We should try to do this together. It's just, you know, because there's a lot of people that we've all worked with. And and that's fine. They're professional, blah, blah, blah. But it's a different thing when you find somebody and say, yeah, there's a connection here. There's I want to pursue this yeah. and, and see where this goes. Uh, how did that happen for either you of you? You tell them, Ernie. <laughs> Tell me, Ernie. It just evolved over the time. You know, we started working with uh, Dr. Subramaniam Mm -hmm. in India, and we did other concerts with him. And then uh, Corky invited me to play with his group. Mm -hmm. And so I started playing with with his group, and uh, we all got along together. And he has a group with the string quartet and the tablas. And all of that worked out, you know, very, very smoothly. He arranged uh, a couple of my compositions for the string quartet, and they worked really well. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 
also Corky invited me to play on a couple of the chamber blues mm -hmm. uh, projects. And so I played on those and uh, everything has just evolved very, very, what you would say, organically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we were, we were playing in the Virgin Islands with Chamber Blues, and then uh, Tortola wanted to book us. But Chamber Blue, the kids were going home, so it was just Ernie and I. Hmm. I said, Ernie, you want to do a duet? <laughs> uh, we both decided it would be a bad idea, and then, and then we did it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was a thankless yeah. job being in the Virgin right. Islands and all, exactly. right? You know, <laughs> gee. <laughs> yeah, we always say, you know, it's impossible, but we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a T-shirt right there. It's impossible. Ernie is a teacher. Oh, we'll concept. do it. Yeah. Beautiful. It's amazing, inspiring. Ernie, brilliant. you've been playing since you were, as I recall, like 13, 14 13. years, 13 years yeah. old. Yeah. Did you start with saxophone? Was it at school or how did I you? I started in school as part of the, uh, as part of the school program. Mm -hmm. And I started on saxophone. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was with a friend of mine, and he wanted to play the saxophone. And we had a lunch hour, and they had instruments uh, available in the music department at the school. So he asked me if I wanted to come over with him. Mm -hmm. And he asked for a saxophone. He got a saxophone. And then the teacher asked, well, what instrument would I like? And I thought, well, I wasn't sure, but I figured... I wanted to try the trombone because I must have seen the Glenn Miller story or something oh, like that mm -hmm. on TV that week, and it looked like trombone would be fun. So the school's all out of trombones, so the teacher gave me a baritone saxophone because I was tall for my age, and he figured I could carry it in marching band. Oh, my gosh. And that's how I started on the saxophone. But when you when you got at home, you must have realized, hey, I I'm actually loving this. It's one thing to take band in school right. and become an Ernie Watts when you grow up. Or, or were there moments? And I'm going to take you back to how I first started playing guitar. Were there moments when you first started playing the saxophone and you thought, oh, this is tough. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And was there a breakthrough moment? And my example on the guitar is when I first started playing guitar, my fingers were hurting. I honestly, I liked the idea of it, but I hated the actual doing it because it was just so uncomfortable until the day that I mastered the F chord. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the, oh, okay, bingo, lights went off and things like, was there that kind of a saxophone moment for you? No, I started on the baritone saxophone. The teacher I had taught all the instruments because it was part of the school program, mm -hmm. and they learned to do that. And I took my first saxophone book, which was called A Tune a Day, mm -hmm. and it had a person, it had a picture of a person's hand and the keys of the saxophone and where your fingers go to make the notes. And so I looked at the book, and I did that, and I blew, and, it, and it, it would play. So it always came like that for me. And then when I was in school, there was no jazz program in the schools. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to play uh, classical music, classical saxophone. And I studied all of the, all of the you know, lesson books mm -hmm. and all of that for, for saxophone. Uh, 
I was uh, studied privately with a with a clarinet teacher who taught saxophone mm-hmm. at the at the at the concert little music school in town, and then my neighbor heard me practicing, and he started to lend me records. Okay, oh. and the first record I got was a Dave Brubeck record called Hello. Jazz Goes to College. I heard Paul Desmond, and I could play with the record. Oh. Right? So I could play these things with the record. And so I thought, well, it's not going to be as hard as I thought. And then he kept lending me records, and it was Charlie Parker and Eric mm-hmm. Dolphy and, you know, Ornette Coleman and all mm-hmm. of these people. And so I said, hmm, there's a lot more here. Then yeah. my mother... She joined the Columbia Record Club, oh. <laughs> you know, because my family was not musical, but they were very supportive. Right. My mother joined the Columbia Record Club because she realized I wasn't going to quit. Mm-hmm. And the first album of my own that was a jazz album was Miles Davis' Kind of Blue. Hello. Hmm. I heard John Coltrane. And then that's when I lit up. Hmm. You know, it was like yeah. I stuck my finger in a light socket. Mm-hmm. You know, it just kind of rearranged all my chromosomes. Hmm. And then from that, then from that point on, that's been my journey. John Coltrane. I sure hope your neighbor knows that you became the Ernie Watts as oh, a result yeah. of those albums. <laughs> he used to come. He came to my concerts. He came when I played with Buddy Rich and oh. all of those. So it, you know, he he watched me grow up. And That's he was there. neat. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. We're talking with Ernie Watts uh, and Corky Siegel with us in the studio. We're going to take a quick break and come right back here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. And rather than playing some music to uh, come back out of the the break, uh, we thought we'd have Corky and Ernie play something. But before we do that, I would like you guys to share the rehearsal that Johnny and I were just privy to, which was not them playing their instruments, but they were talking back and forth. And you were saying something about, I've got this A-dominant harmonica and... uh, and it on Tuesdays it sounds like a whatever, and Ernie kept saying, "Whatever, I'm good, okay, yeah, whatever." I said, well, how about this? And he said, "Whatever." And I said, "How about that? Whatever. How about if we do this? Whatever." How about... <laughs> so, what do you guys want to do? We're going to do whatever. We're okay, play whatever. In in which key? A minor. Okay. I'm used to it in A major, but if you want to do it in A minor, okay, it's, have it your it's, way. A, it's got a lot of the same notes in it as A, a minor and A major. It's got a lot of the same notes except the third one. <laughs> okay. And that makes a difference between major Now you're messing with my head. Oh, 
It's never the same once. Wow. Wow. I got. I, I still have goosebumps. Okay, I'm going to ask a dumb question. Did you guys feel something special happening? Because Johnny and I have, have seen a lot of performances in the studio. That was special. Did you guys feel anything different? Because that was... Do you feel us gaping as we were watching you play? <laughs> Mouth it's, hanging open? <laughs> it's always special when we play. Yeah. Yeah. Musicians feel that, as you know, Johnny. Wow. And Steve. I said Johnny. <laughs> we, you know what? I was pointing to the wrong person when I said Johnny. Porky, we, lo- we look alike on the radio. Hey, right. Exactly. That never happens to you? On the radio, we look the same. Come <laughs> That's on. Right. That's right. <laughs> that way. See, it, it messed up your mind, too. <laughs> oh, that was so that was, that was beautiful. Wonderful. I think that's why we all play music. Yeah. Because of that feeling. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, we could play something that you guys could think, what was that? What were they doing? And we're feeling good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it's like good medicine. It really is. Well, yeah, it's just therapeutic, really. How come my heart rate is increased? <laughs> well, can we keep you guys for a few minutes after midnight? You don't turn to as pumpkins. Long as you want, you no. don't turn to pumpkins, right? We have no, no gigs. <laughs> okay. We're not on the clock until June. All 1st. right. Well, bless your hearts for staying with us. Uh, we'll, we won't keep you all night. I promise you. But um, well, maybe. We've heard, that. We've heard that before. <laughs> That's true. You have heard that yes. before. Brought our pajamas. Yes. Time. <laughs> but I did feed you that night. 
You did. It was I did. delicious. Chocolate strawberries, as oh. I recall. Yes. Oh. You, you got, and too bad that was before, as I recall, that would have been before the internet because we didn't take a lot of pictures of you guys running around in your PJs in the middle of the night. That's right. See, nowadays, those things would haunt you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Quiet on the set. (laughs) Yes, quiet on the set. We're having more fun than anybody should have. They'll dock our pay. You're right. We don't don't need to. They'll dock our pay. We shouldn't tell management about this. (laughs) This is a serious business of broadcasting, and we've slipped into a Sunday morning, and we've locked the door so our guests are still with us. (laughs) If you're just joining us, uh, we have Corky Siegel and Ernie Watts in the studio with us, and we've just been hanging out and having fun. Yeah, talking about train trips, because Ernie and his wife, Patricia, came here via train, and you're going to be heading back to L.A. via train, too. That's right. Yeah, we do all of our domestic traveling for concerts by train. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Do you ever get any ideas? It's so peaceful. Yeah. Do do you ever get any ideas for songs while you're just playing and seeing the countryside rolling by? Well, sometimes, you know, it's, it's just so beautiful that it all just kind of goes into you anyway, and it becomes mm. a part of you, and then it comes out as music. For those yeah. people who are just joining us, we're talking with Ernie Watts, um, just uh, as I say, and, and I, I don't mean it to be like a cliche, but Ernie is a legend. I mean, seriously, we want to give you a sense of how fascinating his history is look him up sometime get your hands on his yeah. music in fact steve i have the newest cd Ooh. from ernie home light ernie watts quartet cool but ernie out of the literally hundreds of people that you've performed with the 1500 albums that you've been on did you ever cross paths with tina turner i did because uh i worked at Ike and Tina's studio in L.A. I did recordings there for them, so I knew both of them. Oh, wow. And then uh, when I was with the Rolling Stones in 1981, that's when she was introduced to the the rock and roll world. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was happening was I was touring with the Stones, and they had prints open up for them, and their audience was not really enjoying Prince, and they started getting a little uh, gnarly. Really? And, and Mick had to go out and help and, and help Prince get off the stage. Were they like bikers and, in the crowd? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then after that, Tina came on, and she started to open up for the Stones. And they loved her, oh. and that was sort of her introduction into the rock and roll world. So I knew her from then, you know. So and, she was uh, gone from Ike at that point. At that point, they had just broken up. Wow. Yeah. So that was a big deal for her. Yeah, that was a big change for her. And yeah. that brought her career back, mm. back wow. around. Yeah. Let, me, let me take you back to uh, a little earlier part of your career. Let me go back to the uh, the Tonight Show. In all the years, the 20 years that you were with the Tonight Show, there were a lot of special guests on the Tonight Show, right? Was there anybody that really sticks out in your mind that you said that was a special night, either backing this performer or whether it was a Sinatra or a, a Chuck Berry or, or or whoever? Anybody that just there were a lot of people. Uh, 
But for me, Pavarotti was the most incredible experience because, you know, to be there six feet from him when he started to sing, he had such an incredible Mm -hmm. sound that it was just really, really very, very striking. Have you ever seen the video, I, I would bet you have, Pavarotti and James Brown doing It's a Man's World? <laughs> no, I haven't, but oh, you have I have, a, ja- I have a James Brown story. I, I recorded with James Brown quite a bit. You know, They'd use studio musicians to do their recordings, and then when they went out on the road, they had their mm-hmm. road band. I played a lot with Louis Belson. Louis Belson was friends with James. Uh, I worked a lot with a great, great composer and arranger, Oliver Nelson. Mm-hmm. He was an incredible musician. Uh, we did an album with Louis Belson's band and Oliver Nelson's arrangements with James Brown as a, as a singer. He was mm-hmm. singing standards. Mm-hmm. It's called Soul on Top. And if you ever find that, it's just, I mean, it's an incredible trip. He, he, does, he, he does If I Rule the World. You know, and he does. If I rule the world, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and and, and he's like he's doing all these standards, and he's going hit me, you know. Whoa! (laughs) And so it was. That was a great experience. Yeah. And I knew James from that. Yeah. And I knew James from when I used to play with with Buddy Rich's band because we mm-hmm. were all on the road at the same time. So you run into everybody at night after gigs. Sure. You know, we used to go to uh, we used to go to Las Vegas, and every casino had a lounge, and we would go to Las Vegas with Buddy Rich's band, and we would work with Frank Sinatra at the Sands for two weeks. And then Count Basie was there, and then Woody Herman's band was there. But no big and, names. And uh, <laughs> there would be like there would be like six bands working wow. in Vegas, all of them at the time at the same time, and they were doing these two or three week gigs at the casinos. There. Please write the book. <laughs> yes, please. Oh my gosh. Write it was an book. amazing time. You know, you don't really, you don't really understand it while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because you're just working. You're just going to work and you see all of these people and you play on all of these things. And then you look at it now and it was like this amazing golden yeah. golden time because there's no more of that. It's gone. Hmm. Like wow. it was never here. You know, generations of people, generations of musicians, mm-hmm. Duke Ellington's bands, all of these great bands. And all of them had... 16 to 18 guys yeah you know it was it was possible at that time for a guy to play fourth trumpet Hmm. with duke ellington Mm. and raise his family and make a living Mm -hmm. you know so it was a different time so I was all right at the end of that. I was a little wise mouth kid (laughs) i was you know i was the upstart because i was like 2021 20, mm-hmm. and all of these guys are in their 50s and 60s you know so they all used to laugh at me <laughs> but i have a feeling that we could play a game with ernie where you just name a person and yeah. you go oh yeah in fact i'm gonna a throw lot. a name i'm gonna throw a name at you because it's one of my favorite performers of all time marvin gay yeah i recorded uh 
of Sexual Healing with no. Marvin. I recorded two other albums with Marvin. We also did a live album in Oakland at the Coliseum there. Mm -hmm. And Marvin had his own studio. And uh, a lot of these people, you know, like Marvin, uh, Frank Zappa, uh, the, all of the people from Weather Report, they were record at night. They mm -hmm. were nocturnal. Mm -hmm. and, and and all of these things were happening all night long. They were doing overdubs and recording like that. Frank Zappa, his stuff was always at night. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Marvin's I, I was stuff was always at night. I was afraid I was going to stump you with the name Marvin Gaye. What am I thinking? <laughs> yes. Ask him about the wazoo. The wazoo. Oh, I did a very famous. Uh, I did a very famous Frank Zappa album called The Grand Wazoo. Oh. And uh, it was supposed. It was supposed to be characters, you know. And he has a he, the the central character of the Grand Wazoo was Cletus Auritus Auritus, <laughs> and he played the mystery horn. Right, he played the mystery horn, and uh, he would lead his army into battle with the mystery horn. Okay, and the mystery horn was a C melody saxophone, and so I did all the C melody saxophone stuff for that album. And there's a caricature of Cletus Auritus Auritus as the cover on that album, The Grand Wazoo, and that's a character caricature of me. So you are Cletus as a kid, yeah. <laughs> As a kid. He was going to write it as an opera. It was going to be an opera. He wanted me to be in this opera, <laughs> you know, but I couldn't do it. Oh, you know? my gosh. What a All of these things were going on at the same time, right? Wow. So I'm doing The Tonight Show. I'm doing movies. I'm doing TV and all of that. And then Frank wants me to do this thing oh, and go bro. out on the road <laughs> with the Mothers of Invention. But he only paid the guys 500 bucks a week. Oh, right? really? Yeah, and I was doing like I was doing like ten record dates a mm -hmm. week. A week, yeah. Yeah, so I couldn't do it. I loved him though. But you will great. always be Cletus. I'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the album. That's wow. that's me when I was a kid. Before you leave, we should get you to autograph something as Cletus. <laughs> Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's trivia. And I tell you, yeah. when you're on that train ride, you should be writing this darn book. Come on, Ernie, Patricia. I'm not. Okay. I'm not done. I'm looking at your wife. I'm well, not you don't done. have to be done, done to write your book. <laughs> My goodness. We have to take one more quick break and we'll come back and cut these guys loose. I don't want to be like Frank Zappa and keep them all night long. <laughs> we'll take a break here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio. Corky Siegel and Ernie Watts in the studio with us. Uh, Corky has been a longtime friend. And uh, I don't mean to embarrass him, but he is absolutely a uh, a treasure. And Corky has been uh, kind of laying back because we rarely get to talk <laughs> with, with Ernie. Uh, Corky, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and thank you for, for bringing Ernie uh, yeah. in to, to have some fun with us. Anytime. Love you guys so much. Oh, my gosh. I, I was joking off the air. I said, I just I just want to <laughs> hang out with Ernie and try to stump him. I said, he could get really rich. We could have a pool of money. And, you know, throw in five bucks, and then... Every time Ernie comes up with a story, he gets to take the, the kitty, right? You like that? <laughs> and I'll Stump tell you, Ernie. Hanging out with Ernie oh. is something 
every human being on this earth should be so fortunate. Yeah, I'll tell I you guess. what an amazing guy. I want to take a train with you and your wife. Yeah, yeah we have a lot of fun. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. Now, do you play your saxophone when you're taking these train rides? No, it's not safe because you put the saxophone <gasps> oh, in your mouth, and yeah. if the and if the train does takes a jolt. Sure, Oops. it can be very dangerous yeah. for you, yeah. for your embouchure and for the inst- instrument and all of that. Uh, and trains will do that. Trains will be going sure. along, and then all of a Lurch. sudden, whoop, yeah. You know. Speaking of not safe, Corky, I want to take you in a different direction for a second. Uh, your your next concert, uh, masks, not mask. What do people oh, need okay. to know? Very interesting. Okay, so I have been. You know, I was the first person in the world that would ask someone to fasten their seatbelt before it hmm. was a law. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my, it's always been my thing. So me asking people, me, uh, you know, requiring masks in my concerts was not really a new thing for me, mm-hmm. even though it became very unpopular. But right now, my my contemplation is... Ma- Masks, which will add to the health of, mm-hmm. a, of a small, intimate venue in general, or civil unrest. Hmm. So I want, it's more important in my concerts for there to be a really good vibe. And masks, I believe now, are getting in the way of that. So I will compromise and not have masks anymore. Really? But I will highly recommend them. And I have reasons for highly recommend. Sure. Oh, by mm-hmm. the way, the last show was all masks. Mm-hmm. In Evanston. And it sold very quickly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for people who wanted to wear masks and wanted other people to wear masks. Nobody complained. I got a few emails of people saying, yes, keep doing this, keep doing this. One person even wanted me to make it more of a requirement. Mm-hmm. And I got one email from persons said, when you wear masks, you're poisoning yourself, which is, of course, oh, not true. Bleep. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> but as I was joking with Ernie earlier, during the pandemic, mm. he couldn't play a saxophone because you couldn't mm-hmm. wear a mask. And you, compromised right. health, you right. can't wear a mask when you're playing harmonica. Right. So it's protecting yourself, Exactly. Too. My doctor said my numbers are going up rapidly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, last year, I was 79. This year, going to be 80. Mm-hmm. They keep going up. I know. It's we crazy. can't do a thing about it. <laughs> I know. So I'm, I'm on the high risk still. Strangely mm-hmm. enough, you go to the CDC, it's high risk. Mm-hmm. You know, and most of my fans are. Mm-hmm. But uh, last night was the last concert where masks are required. I had a concert where there was a. I created a masking section. Right. Mm-hmm. And no one bought a ticket to it. So that was a hint. So I think I'm just going to be fine. I'll wear a mask when yeah. I when I need to. Well, and I'll tell you, when we're at one of your concerts, we will be wearing masks. Because anytime, the only reason we're not wearing masks right now in the studio is because we trust you guys. Uh, but when we're out, anytime we go any place that there is any degree of crowds, damn right, I'm wearing a mask. I thought it was because you didn't want anyone to recognize you. Well, there is that, too. <laughs> well, now, <laughs> before the pandemic, we got on a plane, and he was wearing a mask because of his compromised immune system, mm-hmm. and he had sunglasses on, and the woman who sat down now, next now, to me... Now, first of all, I'm wearing sunglasses, mask, and black. And we're going okay. to Florida. 
and yeah. he's wearing black from head to toe. And the woman next to me leans over and she said, so who is he? And I said, <laughs> he's my husband. She goes, no, you can tell me. Who is he? And again, I said, he's my husband. She goes, he's not famous or anything? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you had it because you were wearing a guitar pin. Oh, yeah. Well, I always yes. wear a guitar oh. pin. Yes, yes. Yeah. And she That's was very disappointed when I said, no, we're just average Joes. And yeah. she was like, I don't, still don't believe she, she thought I was telling the truth. But you were the only one on the plane wearing a mask because yeah. you felt more comfortable that way. And I was also one of the first people. I know it was written up in the Associated Press in 1982. I was having smoke-free concerts. That's mm-hmm. right. And all the club owners around the country where I was booked wanted to not do my show. If it was, They said, no one's going to show up. Yes. And almost all the shows sold out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people that smoked were there and saying, oh, this is really cool. I could breathe for once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So, wow. you know, you never know. So I was thinking there's an audience of people who want to wear masks. But I... Mm-hmm. I I'm not a scientist. I play one on the internet, but <laughs> I feel like we might be over the aerosol part of this, and and now it's about the particles. Mm-hmm. And so, if someone wants to be protected, we wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's and if someone else doesn't wear a mask, so we only yeah. have that much protection. So well, it's a, and again, at least, it, it's at least our, we have unity. Yes. Yes. Such a, a treat to have you guys in studio with us. And oh, before we you. let you guys out thank of here, you. again, blatant plug, next performance is? Thursday night. Okay, for me, Holly? Thursday night? Thursday night in Troy, Ohio. Oh, oh for Ernie and, and me. Yeah, it's Thursday night in Troy. And then and, Ernie hits the, the... And then just, they could go to my internet, they could go to my website, it's and Ernie's Troy, website. Troy Hainer Cultural Center in Troy, Ohio, mm-hmm. and it's an outdoor concert. So um, it's, a, it's a beautiful old mansion, and oh. in their big courtyard is where the performance is. So it'll be a really lovely setting, yeah. and it uh, uh, should be a lot of fun. And um, so that's uh, it, the yeah. Troy Hainer Cultural Center, and you guys June are, 1. You're very, very active on the Internet, so anybody yeah. who wants to follow you guys is super simple to do that. Yeah, easily. Corky Siegel. Yeah. And Ernie, again, thank you. Stay oh, well. You Come so back much. and see us. It's such a... Don't let it be so long between (laughs) the next time we we see you. Thank you. Thank you. Be safe. I'll bring some more stories. Oh, please. Yes, yes. And and we'll bring some more questions. Great. Okay. Right now we'll take a break and uh, get you up to date on news here on WGN. Wow, look. I'm a computer. I'm a computer guy. Everything made out of buttons and wires I'd like to show you Inside my digital life Inside my mind there is a digital mind Oh, maybe you could help us answer this question. What is the biggest Clever, thing? I'm very clever guy Wow Count to a fifty in the blink of my eye And bring a picture then I tell you the time Help you to find something you're wanting to find you know it's easy to be a clever smart boy like me If you could do it all digitally Wow, I'd like to be as smart as a computer <laughs> Actually, we already have a computer Great, great news Now, before we begin our journey I just need to get some information from you What's your name? Where do you live? What do you like to eat? 
mind of in my house. Spaghetti. Well, my name is Steve Kang and Charlie Putnam on WGN Radio. Uh, we'll be on our way. <sighs> and again, our thanks to to Corky and Ernie. That was just so much fun. What a treat! Yes. And our thanks to Patrick Crispin for uh, being nice enough to say, you know. You're having a good time with them. Yeah, I, I don't mind hanging out a little longer and coming on a little later with you. So uh, we should formally introduce the man who is the <clears throat> Director of Educational Technology, Keck School of Medicine, USC. That would be your Patrick Crispin. Hey, Patrick. Woohoo! How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Uh, we were just talking off the air. You've been in studio with us for New Year's Eve when Corky Siegel was in with us, right? Yeah, I believe I have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because we were reminiscing with Corky the last time we'd seen him in studio was in New Year's Eve, and but of course it was always a swinging door. So it was like, who's here? What's going on? You had half of Chicago in the studio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we, we had, did. We had the working restroom. That's what I figured every year. You know, you come from a party and you stop by for a little bit. Well, thank you for stopping by with us tonight because there are a couple things we need to talk about on our computer segment. Can we start with this um, service that is apparently giving Amazon a run for its money? Temu, T-E-M-U. Now, Steve seemed to be unfamiliar with it. I said, my Facebook feed is littered with Temu ads, and they're very enticing. The things look wonderful. I've not put the app on my phone yet, and I understand that's something I should not do, correct? That is correct. The thing is, Timu, it's a American-based online marketplace subsidiary of uh, some, something called PDD Holdings, which is a Chinese company. There is no sunlight between Chinese companies and the Chinese Communist Party. So when you are doing business with a Chinese company, the Chinese Communist Party is actually part of the transaction. You do need to be aware of that. Ooh. That said... Um, this is actually a really interesting idea. They're letting Chinese vendors ship directly to you here in the United States without having to pay any international shipping fees. And they have absurdly cheap prices, like, like amazingly cheap prices. I, I went in today. 12 scotch bright, not real scotch bright, but, you know, scotch bright knockoff scrubbing sponges, 12 of them, $1.97. A leather RFID blocking wallet, $2.57. A drone for $16.87. They really want to be the new dollar store. Um, they're kind of more like the, the new Wish.com or mm-hmm. even the new AliExpress. They are advertising heavily on Facebook. Um, and and you, as you saw, you get lots and lots of ads, and they're compelling ads. Um, you get great prices. You get great promotions. Time right before the New Year's actually had an article where – some people are reporting undelivered packages, not everybody. Mm-hmm. Some people are reporting mysterious charges or incorrect orders and not really the best customer service. But the company, Temu, T-E-M-U, is really trying to lose money deliberately. They're losing about $30 
per order right now. What? And the idea is they want to make you a customer. And they, the goal is that if their prices are cheap enough, you'll keep coming back again and again and again. Their goal, hopefully, is for you to go there 30 times a year and spend about $50 each year, and then they're going to break even. Um, this isn't that different from what we saw in the dot-com era where, you know, pets.com was losing money shipping you dog food. Uh, it's interesting. I haven't ordered anything there. Just remember, if you're buying it from this company, you may or may not get it. The prices are really, really cheap. They're crazy. Because the quality is really, really, really cheap. That was was going to be my next question. Uh, Regardless of the uh, the Communist Party affiliations and everything else, at those prices, what kind of quality are you getting? And it sounds like you're not getting very good quality. And also, I think there's no truth in advertising then because they're showing you items that you can go to other companies and see, wait, well, wait a minute, that that's the picture of that top that that company uses. So they're... I saw, I saw them selling a smartwatch that was very clearly an Apple watch. Mm-hmm. There, and I, I think it was like $20. What? There is no way you're buying a $20 Apple Watch. No. It's going, it'll be a smartwatch, air quotes, giant air quotes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I would trust it. The big thing to be aware of, and, and it's true when you're dealing with with AliExpress, when you're dealing with Temu, when you're dealing with um, TikTok, is that there are some data risks that you're putting yourself in sort of the harm's way of. So just be aware that as long as you're aware of it and you're looking for really, really, really cheap stuff, you like want junk. party favors, yeah, yeah. junk, yeah, stuff you, stuff you throw away. It's stuff, it's stuff that you would see when you walk into Target immediately. It's that, you know, the stuff that there that's a dollar that's not yeah. going to last that long. Um, what's really cool about this is it's kind of getting rid of the warehouse. So the stuff that you see at Amazon that's really, really cheap is cheaper over at Temu because there is no warehouse. It's coming straight from China using a loophole oh. in the um, in the duty free shipment. So anything that's less than eight hundred, I think, yeah, eight hundred dollars um, per shipment. There's it's duty free from China right now. So. Just be aware, there's a company in China, again, there is no difference between a company in China and the Chinese Communist Party, that's willing to pay $30 or lose $30 every time you order money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, If you want to try it, try it. Well, Just be aware, well, you are being tracked. <laughs> Deanna also points out in a text, she says, and we're talking about slave labor, too. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Now, the big thing that I was warned about was putting the app on my phone. Is it because your phone then makes you more vulnerable to being tracked? Yes, especially if you're using an Android. uh, Less so with an app with an iOS, but even that case. This is one of the most popular apps out there, and that's troubling because, Mm -hmm. again, what ends up happening is you're giving the Chinese Communist Party I'll hook into your personal data. Yeah. Now, the iOS blocks a lot of those things, but 
they might actually trick you into doing some stuff. My recommendation is you can go through the website. You don't need the app. Don't put the app on your phone. Okay, I'm glad no. I did not do that because it is very enticing to a one who enjoys a little shopping every now and then. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the prices are just silly, but it's yeah. because they're literally losing money. And again, in their defense, that's what we do. When, when new companies are coming online, they lose money. They deliberately lose money to, to hook you, you in as yeah. a customer. Yeah. You, you, Uber and Lyft, you know, you they were subsidizing rides with uh, investor dollars. Well, That's, now they're yeah. they're, they're not. <laughs> right, right. Uh, talking about tech news, and there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, things that we need to touch on with uh, Patrick Crispin. So stay with us here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio, and we're talking computers with Dr. Patrick Crispin. And you can jump in the conversation with texts or comments at 312-981-7200. And we are not going to spend a lot of time talking about this, but because I have three very intelligent friends that for some reason posted this particular thing this morning on their Facebook page, I said, Patrick, we must spend a minute and address this. And what they posted was next to a blue circle. A blue circle, it reads, it's official, signed at 1033. Facebook will start charging this summer. If you copy this to your wall, your icon will turn blue and your Facebook will be free for you. Please pass this message. If not, your icon will be deleted. And don't forget, don't forget, Facebook is now a public entity. Okay, again, I love them. They're smart people. And I privately sent them messages and said, you really should take that down. This is not true whatsoever. And one kind of said, what do you know, basically? (laughs) You don't have a blue circle. So, Patrick, go ahead. Explain it to them. Yeah, no. (laughs) Uh, Facebook's not going to charge you it's just not what's going to happen. There's nothing you can do at your end to change your end user license agreement, your terms of service with, uh, with Facebook by posting text on their wall. Facebook is a multi-billion dollar company. They have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of lawyers, really good lawyers, expensive lawyers, lawyers that charge Three, four thousand dollars an hour who wrote that terms of service. You're not violating it by copying and pasting some text on your wall <laughs> that you got from some chucklehead that you found on Facebook. <laughs> it, it, that's not the way the law works. So, 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 no, so yeah. Patrick, let, let me ask you this. So, it's a scam. We know it's a scam. Yeah. What? How do the scammers benefit? Is it anything at all like if you click on this link, you have now given them access to some things on your computer or whatever? What is the upside to the people who are originating this scam? 
When I was a young kid in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, my father uh, was sitting on the porch and he had me go out on a snipe hunt. And and had he just laughed his backside off, it thought it, he thought it was the funniest thing ever. They're just they're laughing at you because you are embarrassing yourself. And in this goofy blue circle, she had a blue icon on her Facebook page. And I'm like, are they going that far that they're actually including a blue circle when you cut and paste it? Yeah, they really are. That's nuts. I um, and and again, uh, one of my three friends, two of them took it down immediately when I I said, you know, yeah. I'm not even going to snopes you. I'm telling you, this is going to be a topic <laughs> mm-hmm. tonight for a minute and a half because it's ridiculous. And the other one basically said, well, you'll see, you won't have a Facebook page, and I will. Okay, fine. Yep. A billion dollar, a multi billion dollar company is going to take all of its capital and set it on fire because <laughs> reasons. Uh-huh. They make money off of selling your data to give you the ads for the cheap Chinese garbage we talked about in the last <laughs> <session>. <laughs> um, They make a lot of money off of that. Why would they stop doing that? It makes no sense. Think yes. about this. Yes, yes. And all of those hoops that you jump through so that you don't get those ads... That's not yeah, going to work, work either. No. They don't work either. Neither. Because that's how Facebook, I mean, it, again, and we've said it many times, I'm not the first person to say this. Uh, I'm repeating something that is widely known. If you're not paying for it, you're the product. They're, they're right. selling yeah. your data. Right. Yep. And why would they then get rid of the cash cow? You make them money. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, don't worry about it. They're not some guy sitting back going, oh, yay, they got a blue circle. Oh, good. We can continue. Well, that's it. You've stopped me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for, again, I even hate to bring these things up, but. The, The problem is so many people, and in their defense. Not everybody has been paying attention to the internet as long as right. you have, as long as we have. <laughs> yeah. And people have lives and they're treating Facebook and Twitter and whatever as, oh, isn't this a fun thing that's making my life easy? And I'm just going to click this stuff and, and I don't need to worry about how. You, they, and you're right. And I don't want it to go away. And yeah. if it's something right. as simple as I cut and paste this and I click it and, oh, yeah, if it's going to keep allow me to continue looking at pictures and posting what I had for dinner last night, I'm going to do that. And, but and don't. The, yeah. one, one of the things that is so much a part of so many scams there is the stress of, if I don't do this, I'm going to have to pay or something bad is going to happen. So, okay, this here's this thing that will allow me to not have to pay. And boy, I'm going to be verify, verified and my life will be better because of this. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I cannot believe a multi-billion dollar company would be that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, from, uh, then again, I've seen Twitter. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. I was just going to say, yeah. I literally, my next words were, and then there's Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's got a new uh, uh, person, woman that's heading up the company, and this is going to make his life easier, he thinks. Uh, I've heard some really smart people. She's in charge of advertising at NBC, NBC Universal. 
Um, she is very well respected in the industry. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I mm-hmm. apologize. Um, and she is going into a toxic company right now mm-hmm. that advertisers don't trust. And Elon's going to be Elon, and Elon's going to go on there and going to, you know, he he's threatened to sue companies who advertised on them in the past and stopped advertising on their platform. And it's like. Okay. Yes, I want to sign up and advertise on you. <laughs> yeah, please, please let let me do that uh, right away. Uh, we're going to uh, hit the pause button. Uh, Patrick has been nice enough to stay. He say he could stick around with us for a couple minutes. So stick around. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Last Bear hour. with me for a second. For some reason... Do you break the radio I station? I know what's going on. Or these... Ah, there it is. You okay. unplugged your headphones again. Yeah, I've got a, a thing. I'm, I love these headphones, but they've got a little thing that goes into the one of the earpieces, and occasionally mm-hmm. it wants to slide out a little bit. You stop wiggling. You're a wiggle worm. If you stopped wiggling, you wouldn't unplug Excuse yourself. <laughs> Just for a couple more minutes, um, Dr. Patrick Crispin, our computer guru, uh, is going to be with us. And um, Patrick, we want to turn on the the partly personal <laughs> computer sign. Yes, we had the most frustrating experience last night. We have had a uh, we got a laser printer. Uh, and it's uh, we really like it. It has some problems, and I found this video that looked like it was a reputable video describing how to repair this particular problem with our computer. Johnny and I spent the better part of two hours working on this. Two precious hours, and. Eventually, what it came down to is we were looking at the video and because we'd done all the steps and we realized, wait a minute, there's a part here that is still in a position and all of a sudden in the video it's not. So the person doing the video didn't show what we were supposed to do to get this. It it was all about how to clean the uh, the belt drive in, the, in this uh, printer. Anyhow, it was... Video creator's error. And at this point, we were both too far into the mission, and we said, no, we're not going to put this thing back together. So <laughs> at midnight, I ordered a new printer. It arrived yesterday. We'll set it up tomorrow, and we're done. <laughs> but the point of all this is we were going to a site we thought had a really good instructional video. So what suggestions recommendations would you have i know in the past you've talked about like lynda.com 
Is there a website, a place that you would suggest if you're looking for a video instruction for some computer problem, this is a reputable place to go? And I've said this a couple times, but I use Reddit as a tech support tool. If you go to Reddit and search for what you're looking for, they might not have videos, but they might point you to the videos, and you know that there's a person who's actually had that problem. Um, the other thing I would do and consider do, doing is going to the manufacturer's website. Manufacturers have actually been really good recently in creating how-to tutorials and videos and guides that take you step-by-step step and don't omit a step, which is one of the most frustrating things in the world because mm-hmm. the people the people who are creating these videos, they kind of want to help, but they're trying to make money from the ads that are being embedded in the videos. And sometimes they leave out some steps, and it's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So they're not educators. They're not actually support people. They're, they're marketeers. Yeah. The thing you could also try to do is do a Google or YouTube search and then do click on filters and click on view count. The ones that are viewed the more, the oh. more often with higher view counts actually are going to be a higher quality video than something that might only have 20 views or 30 uh-huh. views. So it's, you know, there, there are a bunch of videos that will trick you into doing things. And I've run into this problem where I get stuck in a video game and I can't figure out how to get out of the, the area that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I'll look for the video and, and somebody playing it. And it's like, I'm about three, four minutes into the video. And it's like, oh, you don't know what you're doing either. I don't know what you're, why am I watching this video? I want somebody who's showing me how to deal with this problem. I'd leave that video and then do the, the filters view count. Mm-hmm. And it actually really does do a good job of finding what you're looking for. But there is no one sort of help site other than ifixit.com. Hmm. iFixit is a website that was actually started out of a dorm room in, uh, I think, the University of Colorado, University of Boulder. Um, and they sell, they sell all the parts and have wonderful step-by-step tutorials on how to fix most common computer problems. Oh, wow. Hmm. Hardware okay. problems. Okay. Well, I will send you a link to this video <laughs> because it uh, it looked like it was really well done. And yeah. Johnny and I were able to follow all the steps, but then we got to this point where we realized, wait a minute. We were literally <laughs> almost two hours into the mission, and we both went, wait, wait, there's something missing on his computer that's not missing on our computer. And, I was like, and oh. as somebody who works in educational technology, that is the most frustrating thing. When I'm putting together tutorials or whatever, I want to make sure I've got every single step of the way. I, to leave something out is just unconscionable. Well, you used to do some great work with Lynda.com. Whatever I happened did. to that? Uh, Lynda.com was purchased by LinkedIn, uh, Microsoft, which was, the, uh, I forget which comes first. Lynda.com is now part of LinkedIn Learning, and LinkedIn hmm. Learning is now part of Microsoft. And there really was a Linda behind Lynda.com, right? Uh, I, I actually had lunch with her. She is yeah. the woman who created uh, the 216 color color lookup table, and uh, started out in Ojai, California, and just created uh, 
a little thing where she had the experts come out. I did four video titles for Lynda.com on a variety of topics and Mm -hmm. really enjoyed the experience. Is she on her yacht now, just cruising around the world? Oh, she is very much a billionaire. (laughs) Oh, very much. Wow. Oh. Well, Patrick, as always, thank you for your time. Uh, I, I felt terrible asking you to stay up a little bit later tonight because every, it was kind of a domino effect. Apparently, I don't know how much of the interview with uh, with Corky and Ernie you got to listen to, but uh, Ernie was sharing I was some in awe of their stories oh and the gosh. facts, the stuff that they did in the sixties in Vegas. And, you know, I've, anybody who is in the the same zip code as Count Basie is yeah. like, okay, you go, you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, coming in, they were a little frazzled because there was a ginormous prom event mm-hmm. in the, right in this vicinity. And there were oh. limos and, and, and in our case, Range Rovers that were blocking us from yeah. getting in here. And this was like a top shelf kind of prom, uh, probably, you know, two, three thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. night for these kids which just nice. blows my mind but when they came in they were kind of okay we got to catch our breath we just came through a lot of chiffon <laughs> a lot of satin and a lot of tuxedos <laughs> well patrick again thank you so much and we shall be talking to you very soon thank you talk to you soon Bye-bye Bye-bye now. thanks patrick and uh, more coming up stay with us at wgn Tina Turner in 1981, coming out with the Stones, uh, opening for the Stones, Mm -hmm. kind of a turning point, introducing her to the rock world, and that's crazy. Yeah, there have been so many interesting stories that have come out since uh, the sad news about uh, Tina Turner's uh, passing on. Uh, Everything I read from any of a number of people uh, just really indicate what a classy lady she was. Yeah. One of my favorite stories came from uh, a guy I used to work with at the One Speak 89 and uh, over at CBS for a while, Al Rosen. He was a, uh, a terrific engineer. And he wrote about how – did you happen to read this? I didn't, no. He, he wrote about how it was one time he was in – I think it was in the CBS building – and Tina was there to do an interview with someone. And she was kind of standing with her manager or handler in like a waiting area while the person who was on the air was doing something else. Al happened to walk by and uh, he saw her. And uh, 
she kind of looked up and said, uh, hello, and uh, who are you? And, and he said, oh, I, I'm Al Rosen, and I'm, I'm an engineer here. And he, he said he was so nervous to be talking to her that he just started saying, uh, yeah, and, and uh, I've got this, uh, uh, my studio is over here. Would you like to see it? And she said, oh, sure. <laughs> and she came up, and she followed him over to the studio, and he was he said he spent about five minutes showing her stuff in the studio, and after the fact, he thought she's been in the most expensive studios on the planet, and she's sitting here and, and acting like she's interested. Yeah. And a couple minutes later, I guess her her handler came in and said, "The the, uh, uh, the studio light is off, so we can go in now." Mm-hmm. But he said she was so nice that there was there was no affectation, no nothing. It was just like a. A very tiny slice of who this woman really sure. was. I believe that. I, a couple of the stories that I heard in the past week were, I had not seen the interview that she did a few years ago. And dang, I don't remember who was interviewing her because I was so taken by some of the things she was talking about. Why she lived uh, overseas, for example. Yeah. Why wasn't she living in the States? And mm-hmm. she said, well, you know, she was apparently much bigger overseas than she was here before she became mm-hmm. popular here. And two, that's where her husband was from. Right. And this is a man that gave her an organ. Mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> And we're not talking the musical kind. No, no. Um, That's true love. Here, if we're a match, have my kidney. Yeah. That's a crazy, wonderful story. By the way, have you seen my all-time favorite picture of Tina Turner? And I would love to know how it was taken. Black and white picture. Mm Mm-hmm. Eiffel Tower, France. Tina Turner, up on one of the top things on the Eiffel Tower, leaning out and holding on in high heels. It is an extraordinary picture. And not photoshopped. It doesn't look like it was photoshopped. Apparently, it's a legendary picture. I've never seen that. So, uh, thanks to the Put internet, on your I'll Google find, goddess hat yes, and yes. you'll be able to find it. It is an extraordinary picture. I'm glad you, you played a little bit of a nut bush. Now, that was back when she was still with yeah. Ike Turner. And, yeah, you could see a difference in, in the, the tone and approach when she became, mm-hmm. you know, stone cold rock. And the, speaking of that... I learned something uh, yesterday that I hadn't heard before. Apparently, she almost didn't record what the What's Love Got to Do With It, and it was a song that had been turned down by a bunch of people. It was first presented to Cliff Richard over in Europe, and in hindsight, I could hear him yeah. doing it, but he turned it down, and some other people, like she was like the third or fourth or fifth on the list of people who... The song was presented to, hmm. and ultimately, that was the song that really kick-started her yeah. career back in a different direction. Right. Uh, in my family, though, we would always mention Nutbush. Sure. Because it was, is still there in Tennessee, 13 miles from Frog Jump, Tennessee, yep. where my mother's side of the family, my mother and that side of the family hails from Frog Jump, Tennessee, and thanks to Bob Collins, 
it literally got a sign and a place on the map because mm-hmm. when Bob learned that I was from a place called Frog Jump, Tennessee, down the road from Nutbush, Tennessee, across the way from Hurricane Hills, he said... And how far from Monkey's Eyebrow? <laughs> No, that's a monkey's eyebrow is a real place. That's too. a fur place. That's that's when you get up close to Kentucky. Oh, that's a high rent district. That's a, yes, <laughs> where everybody knows everybody. If you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so Bob started teasing me about being the pro, the the pride of Frog Jump, and we. Paid a little visit to Frog Jump, Tennessee, 13 yeah. miles from Nutbush, Tennessee. And sure enough, went to had, the one gas station. They had owned by my relatives. Mm-hmm. They thanked us because they had t shirts, because people were getting off of the highway and looking for Frog Jump and stopping by to get a souvenir. And of course, they had a frog in a rocking chair mm-hmm. as their logo. And, um, you know, I said, hey, remember, we didn't identify ourselves when we first walked into the the general store because I was afraid they would hate me. (laughs) And only when I found out that they loved the fact that they were actually on the map Mm -hmm. um, that I revealed who I was. Oh, you're Joyce's girl. Oh, of course. (laughs) Oh, it's great to have you here. Thank you for talking about us. And those of you who... uh have seen or may have our now highly collectible Life After Dark uh, T-shirt, there is a frog on that T-shirt because right. of Frog Jump, and then the crown was because of King. And the frog is jumping, and he's yeah. got headphones and a crown, mm-hmm. and the frog had a name. Uh, our, our our mascot had a name. His name was Moon Pie, mm-hmm. because if you spend any time in the South, you live on Moon Pies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it had a crown and something else. Um, was he jumping over? A listener just recently sent me a picture. Yeah, he didn't have a guitar, but he should have had a guitar. That's right. <laughs> if we do a version 2.0, he will yes, have a guitar. Yes. Um, a listener recently sent me a picture. Oh, in fact, he posted it on Facebook where he was wearing the shirt in Europe. And he said, remember back in the day when you would ask us to wear our Mm T-shirts places and have our picture taken? Because management at first thought it would be great if we had night shirts since we were on overnight. And we went, that's not really good advertising. Yeah, you realize someone's only going to wear a night shirt in bed. And unless you got a swinging door, not a whole lot yeah. of people are going to see that advertisement. And they went, oh, yeah, okay. So we went with the T-shirts, and they were highly collectible T-shirts mm-hmm. for quite some time. So if you own one, you can put it on eBay right now, and you'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but Nutbush, Tennessee, I always yeah. think of my dad and, and my mom saying, oh, dad, right down the road from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so many Tina Turner stories uh, oh, yeah. that, that have come out. Um, Great stories. Uh, I we've oh. never read her book. I Tina. We need to get a copy of that. I just took a little tour of her home, her multi-million dollar home. Ooh, we're talking castle. I mean, it's a stunning mm-hmm. place. And sadly, she was not in the best of health for quite some time. So she was well, dealing with. Hypertension. And Wasn't it, uh, I want to say, like, a year, oh, how long ago? A year or two ago? Was it pre-pandemic? 
where she was in New York for the opening of the play about her. Yeah. And it looked uh, like she was on. Yeah. She had a little puffy. Yeah. Uh, uh, people who take something like prednisone, uh, yeah. they can look a little puffy. Right. You know, it's really weird. A couple of times tonight, we've referenced the pandemic period. And I realized that in a way, I have just kind of blocked that out. Everything in my world happened up until like March Mm -hmm. of 2020. And then the rest of it's even though we were home, it's just like a big void. Mm -hmm. I I have a hard time remembering what we did for those months. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't completely blocked it out, but... I looked at it as like a point of transition yes. where it's like, okay, you, you had life before you knew life, what you, yeah. life is what you knew it, what you knew of it. Then the pandemic hit and then you kind of have to change your, like, you know, you're a little more cautious about mm-hmm. where you go and what you do and, and things of that nature because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get sick. But, um, I do have some friends and family who kind of just like, they say those last three years didn't count. We continue from here. So I, I kind of understand where, that, where that's coming from. Sure. It's weird. I, just tonight, I felt like, wait, I don't remember. What year was that? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Well, this is a case where things like uh, Facebook are valuable because yes. you can go back and yes. you can look and say, okay, oh, this is what I really was doing. Yes. In fact, after we get an update on the news, I will tell you something that we posted on Facebook during the pandemic and it just popped up on my phone but first let's get an update from wgn i could go on for hours and probably come up with at least a thousand things and i could say about her, yeah. But really, why bother when all I need is just two words to tell you everything I love about her? Absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. And Johnny Pubman of WGN Radio. You okay, Jeff, it. who is that? I like that. That is the great Andrew Salgado. He's a friend of mine. Really? Chicago guy. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, I follow Andrew Salgado. Yeah, Andrew. We're old friends. Uh, longtime friend of mine. Uh, it's off his 2015 album, uh, and it's one of my favorites. Oh, my God. What a nice groove that is. Yeah. You've got to give us his phone number. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. He's touring right now. He'd love to come come around. He's a, he's from the south side, kind of like yeah. a, a Tinley Park area. Okay. And then he moved to Nashville after he kind of made it big in a couple of albums. And he's helping young people, making music. He's, oh, we got to get him in the studio. Yeah, he's a great guy, too. What? Southsider, yes. <laughs> He's a Cubs fan, though. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> Does he play guitar or banjo? Or? He, he plays guitar uh, predominantly. He's one of those guys who picked it up and can play by ear, and like you play him something, yeah. and yeah. So, and then he uh, mostly ch- guitar and lead for for a band that's country focused. But uh, I the, love the instrumentation on that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's solid. Uh, Jim Moose Brown is the production teammate of his on that song, on that track, and that mm-hmm. whole album. And they did such great work together. It was a lot of fun to listen to him. And that song is from what album? Because I got to 
Sure. Uh, it's actually that's a title track of off of absolutely everything. His mm-hmm. 2015 album. So it's Andrew Salgado. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the Tina Turner picture we were talking about, uh, mm-hmm. that is now up on the Stephen Johnny Facebook page. So if you want to see Tina hanging off the Eiffel Tower, go to Facebook.com slash Steve and Johnny show. Well, it may compete with a picture I'm going to put up. Okay. We were talking about the pandemic and, and how, you know, a lot of that is still kind of fuzzy to me. But thankfully, there is Facebook that reminds us of things like the picture that you put up on this day back in 2020. I was doing some COVID house cleaning, and I found a box of photos, and there was a photo of you with village people. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. You and the village people. Which would have been roughly 1982-ish. No, 1980. Was it 80? Yeah. Okay. They were promoting... That was a W-I-N-D. They were promoting uh, Don't Stop the Music, Can't I believe. Can't Stop the Music. Can't Stop the Music. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Leatherman is there, and the Indian is there. It was, the, the, it was the original village people. Yeah. Um, the, the dude that had the amazing porn mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the construction worker, uh, you had the policeman, the leatherman, and um, and you in your Kiana shirt. Remember yeah. those, those silky material yeah. shirts that were called Kiana? That was a very yeah. comfortable shirt. I'm going to put that picture up, too. Oh, and uh, tomorrow, check our Facebook page because we will have pictures uh, posted of the seasonal tree yes. that is all decked out for the Memorial Day holiday weekend. And then after that, we will have a post to a link for the podcast and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, Well, speaking of pictures, uh, maybe someone can fill in the blanks for me at 312-981-7200. Shoot me a text. Uh, and if you don't have time to do it tonight, uh, go to Facebook tomorrow and tell me where in Elmhurst I can find the Alley of Umbrellas. Our friend, former Chicago Tribune photographer John O'Neill, put this picture up, Steve. Let me show you on my phone. It is a gorgeous shot of an alley in Elmhurst where from one side to the other, from end to end, it's beautiful colored umbrellas. That's very cool. And I Googled it to see if this was an event that they would have posted on their website or Mm -hmm. something. I found nothing. I must see this. The Alley of Umbrellas in Elmhurst. So if you live in Elmhurst... And again, that's not want, that's must. I must, yes. I must make a little trip There is a need involved there. (laughs) That's right. So please, fill in the blanks for me at 981-7200, area code 312, or you can go to our Facebook page and post that information. It sounds weird, the Alley of Umbrellas. I have a feeling that, you know, there's someone that's half asleep in bed and they're going, the huh? The who? It... I should put that picture up, too. John O'Neill is like our buddy Barry Butler. They're fabulous photographers that capture images of the city that are just mind-blowing. By the way, I want to mention uh, we had some some extraordinary performers in the studio tonight. And I believe uh, Corky Siegel is featured in a book or in a movie, rather, that we're going to be talking about next week. Next week, uh, joining us in studio will be... uh, John Anderson and Bob Sarles, 
they are directors of Born in Chicago, which is a, a, a film about uh, a lot of Chicago's blues artists and record labels, and it's going to be shown at Blues Fest. So mm-hmm. we're going to be talking with them about that. Also, I believe next week, uh, Tom Appel from Consumer Guide Automotive yep, will be joining us. Yep. And uh, we have some other surprises, but if we told you, they wouldn't be surprises. <laughs> you know what's coming up in just a few? It's going to be the last call, so get ready for that. And I can't believe, I, we were saying during the news, I feel like I just sat down. I know. It, to, it always amazes us how fast this five hours go. Before we take a break, and uh, let's see if we can very quickly oh, go to says, uh, Bob. Bob, you're calling from Arlington Heights? Hi. Um, and, I told your producer, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not ineligible for anything else because I won last call a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, you were talking about the Alley of Umbrellas. Yeah. We passed by there a week ago today um, on our way for some other um, business we were doing. And it was on York Road, just south of North Avenue on the west side of the road. Is it, around, is it around like a shopping center or something? Or it's, it's the central business district of Elmhurst. Did you know it was there when you drove by, or were you surprised when you oh, saw no, it? We, you know, we go through there, I don't know, several t- you know, about once a month or so. Yeah. And, um, it caught my wife's eye. And, yeah. Um, and, and she said it's beautiful. Hey. I'm colorblind, so it's kind of wasted on me, but oh. um, I, she it, said it was breathtaking. Well, it also cannot be easy to do something like that yeah. i imagine have you ever been in a wind and you're holding your umbrella just imagine <laughs> the other day we had some pretty strong winds yeah. and you've got them going from end to end and and building to building it's pretty crazy well thank you for that i really wanted the address and a listener said they're calling it umbrella sky out in elmhurst yep. awesome so, um, if you get a ride if you get a chance take a ride there. we'll do that thank you bob have a good have holiday a good week. weekend. Bye-bye now. And uh, speaking of callers, now we're going to open up the phone lines for the last call. Mm-hmm. 312-981-7200. They're starting to flick the lights and uh, well, yeah, they want to clean up some of the tables and things. Well, so. during the last break, I felt a little vibration in the floor. You know what that means. The guy that drives that floor polisher, he's yep. out there waiting for us to move on out so he can polish the floors. And then they come in here and they sanitize the whole joint so we'll be ready for... Uh, Especially Monday, after we're here, they really need <laughs> to sanitize the place. A uh, Monday morning, it will not be Bob Surratt. He's on vacation for a while. Mm-hmm. It will be Dave Plyer in for Bob Surratt. And then for the rest of the week, it will be Miss Wendy Snyder mm-hmm. filling in for Bob. Always fun to hear Wendy. Yeah. And uh, l- later today, it will be Dane Neal, 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. with your uh, Indy 500 pre-show. pre-show. <laughs> so a lot coming up. But if you want to try and be our last call... We're opening the lines right now. You want to jump in for to be the last call, 312-981-7200, and we'll get to the last call after this. <laughs> it's that time again. Yep. We gotta say goodnight. Yeah, they're flicking the lights. You know it's getting late. Tomorrow is another day, my friend. Ooh, 
<sighs> All right, people. That's it. It's time to go home. Yep. That's it. Yep. Losing time. We're ready to head Flicking the lights and... And that floor Zamboni is, uh... Works better if you turn on your microphone. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't hear what I said. Yeah, I think we're... (laughs) I'm glad you didn't hear what I said. Good. (laughs) Never mind. Okay. See, about Um, this time of the night, we run out of words. So this is what we do for the last call. Instead of taking the first person who is the last caller, we just open up the phone lines, take a bunch of calls. We don't see who's calling in. We don't see how many phone lines are ringing. Yep. We ask the producer. The producer says, number one. Well, we can't see because they're flicking the lights. That's true. <laughs> one to eight. And last week, I chose the winning number. This week, you choose the winning number, Steve. Uh, number 26. And number 26 is uh, <laughs> Michelle from Geneva. Da, da, da. 26. Hi, Michelle. Oh, Michelle. Hey, my friends. How are you doing? Good. How are you tonight? Excellent. Well, I'm still up and listening to you guys, so well, I'm doing thank great. thank you. Thank you. Have you had a snack oh. tonight while you're listening? Uh, yes, I did. I had tortilla roll-ups with a string cheese in the middle. Oh, that sounds oh, you good. heated it up. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, and dip it in salsa. Ooh, because we were just saying, what are we going to have to eat when we We're so home? hungry because Saturday night, before we come in, we don't, eat. we don't like to have a big meal, so we had... Toast. Two pieces of toast. And a glass of one milk. One with jelly, glass of milk, and, and now we're... Our, <laughs> That, that so noise you hear, along with the sound of the rumbling Zamboni, is probably our rumbling tummies. Tummies. <laughs> Your stomach, sure, sure. There's got to be something open on the way home, no? Well, oh, we've got a box of goodies that our producer, uh, Jeff, brought in for us from Deflowered Bakery, gluten-free treats. I tell you, I'm going to get so messy in the car. Yeah, we I'm don't know a, if they're going to make it home. I'm, I'm eating a lemon bar and a zucchini bunt cake and a <laughs> caramel brownie. All, I'm wearing a white jacket, too, so it's going to be all over me. Mm. There you go. Yes. That's the best name I've ever heard, Deflowered Bakery. Excellent. I know. I love that. Very it's, nice. It's in Andersonville, and it was so sweet of him because he does some uh, some driving for them. He delivers for them one of his many gigs, and he, he thought of us and, and brought us a box of fresh stuff. <laughs> Very cool. All right. So you guys will be all set on the way home. All you need is some good... Well, probably not coffee because you want to go to sleep. Well, but. no, I'm I'm too keyed up at this point. <laughs> and I and I usually have a uh, a cup of coffee. He has a I cup just... of coffee before he goes to bed at night, and I try I try to sneak decaf, really? and he goes, "Oh, this tastes different. Why is this different?" Mm-hmm. I think, "Oh my gosh!" But well, you know, one of those lucky people. Yeah, a lot of people can't do that, but that's great, Steve. I can do that too. So I can, I can fall asleep drinking coffee. So. <laughs> so michelle since it's memorial day weekend are you breaking out your whites uh, my white, yeah my, my white belt and shoes and i'm gonna go move to florida <laughs> your white belt <laughs> you know the whole thing about old people can take out their white belts and shoes and what, what, wait wait, wait what, what's this old people stuff well, some of right us, some of us with southern <laughs> roots, know that there is an unwritten law that you have to wait till Memorial Day. Now, I, I, quick story. I, I've told this true story. story. Johnny had this drilled into her because my dear sweet mother had open heart surgery 
the thir- the Thursday before Memorial Day, she was supposed to have the surgery, and this was back in <laughs> in seventy seven, and um, she was. This is horrible. She was delayed. Can you imagine? You wait all day for open heart surgery, and they come in and go. Well, you know what? The patient before you, there was a bit of a problem, so we're going to put you off till tomorrow. So she's not, yeah, not in the best frame of mind. So we're trying to keep her calm so she doesn't get up and walk out of the hospital. She has the surgery on Friday. She is completely comatose. We're terrified. She is not responding. She's not coming to. She's in ICU. I'm sitting next to her, and this is a Saturday afternoon, and she opens her eyes, and she literally scoots over to the side of the bed, and she weekly says to me what day is it and i said it's saturday and she said before memorial day and i said yes and she said oh and i realized i was wearing white pants and my mother was horrified she came out of a freaking coma she had her priorities to shame me that's how you knew she was on the men i did i said you know really everybody relax she's okay because that's the first thing that comes to her mind is oh dear god she's wearing white pants yeah that, yes. that is kind of antiquated now i always think about <laughs> that's all freddie mercury used to wear on stage you know white jeans oh, that's so right like, yeah yes yes actually since we're talking coming out of coma stories uh <laughs> i just thought of another one and we, we may have to play this next yes. week yes we got a call one night from a nurse at a hospital. She was with a patient who was listening to our show that, because they had the radio on in the to room. To keep him company. He was in a coma. Had been in the coma for six weeks. Yeah. And wanted to know if when he came out of the coma, if he really heard us playing a song called Grits Ain't Groceries, Eggs Ain't Poultry, and Mona Lisa was a man. Mona Lisa was a man. Oh, that's cool. unbelievable. So, Isn't that something? And, and yeah. we actually were. We were playing that song. And the nurse called in to see, has he lost his mind while he was in that coma? Or did you really play that song? It, it, it's a great blues song. The, the hook line is, if I ain't loving you, baby, then grits ain't groceries, eggs ain't poultry, and Mona, Mona Lisa, Lisa was, was a man. man. That's great. So we got to play that next week. Yes. Yeah, oh you have to definitely. It's amazing how what what happens in the annals of our you know deep in the recesses of our mind. And yet, I don't remember what happened the last two and a half years. It scares me when I sit here and I like I was looking at Facebook and these pictures came up uh, your memories on Facebook mm-hmm. and it said when Johnny was cleaning and I go really I was cleaning I actually documented that I was cleaning the house and that's when I found the picture of him with the village people and I'm like, are you sure that was me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna t- I, used to, I used to write for Chicago Now, you know, one of the yeah. blogs from the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and um, they they shut us down last August. But the funny thing is, I, I still have I was able to get some of my stuff out of there. They didn't give us any warning, so many of us lost oh, our I whole yeah. whole block of our our stuff. It was horrible. They really handled it poorly. But yeah. um, when I when I read some of the stuff I wrote, I, I wrote I don't know for the, for like seven years, and you read some of the stuff, it's like. God, that stinks. Who wrote that? Oh, my God, I did. (laughs) We feel that same way after we listen to some of the recordings of our shows. We're going to send you your very own WGN Radio retro T-shirt and American Weathermakers is sending your very own weather station. Michelle, pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you so much for calling tonight. And thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, Jeff, uh, a lot of fun to work with you. Hope we get to do it again. 
Um, hopefully, we'll talk to everybody next week. Yeah, be safe this weekend. 